Hey guys, and welcome to Get Live Podcast Kunai. I'm joined with the awesome Kevin. Hey, what's up, guys? And the ever so awesome Joe. Hi. Okay, it was just a hi today. And today we're going to be talking about an anime that's near and dear to my heart. It's a um, world God only knows. So for you new folks, Get Alive Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get Alive group. Due to the nature of the discussion, we can't avoid spoilers of the show we're discussing. So for those new shows that are based off of an existing piece of work, whether that's a manga, a light novel, or some other media form, we aren't covering the source material for those, just the anime itself. It can be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcast Store, and Google Play. If you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch to make an episode of Kunai on, send us your suggestion on Twitter at Get a Life Podcast, or by leaving us a review but for your chance to win a three-month subscription to Crunchyroll Premium. If you want to watch this anime and keep up to date with what we watch for Kuna, you can support us by signing up for a free 14-day trial of Crunchyroll Premium for everything anime by using the link www.crunchyroll.com kunai. And you can also support us by checking out lootcrate.com kunai. You can get 10% off at checkout if you use the code kunai. So basically, The World God Only Knows is the anime that we're watching today. It's an anime series based on the manga with the same name. Uh, it was, I believe it was in a weekly Shonen Sunday magazine or something like that. It wasn't a Shonen Jump, but it was a, like another similar Shonen magazine. And this anime, it's 12 episodes, it aired in, I believe, October of 2010. Um, so for that autumn season, and it was animated and produced by Manglobe, R.I.P. The guys that brought us Gangster and, uh, you know, I, I don't and know. Samurai Champloo and Ergo Proxy. Oh, I, you know, I forgot about Samurai Champloo, but, you know, it's... Uh... No, when I found out that that um, the God, the world God only knows was made by Man Globe, I, I, like, something inside me just dropped. It's like, upsetting, just... isn't it, no? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it, it came, like, it, it kind of came back, like, the feelings I had it's when like Man Globe went down. It's like going through a dead man's diary, you know, it's just... <laughs> It's just yeah, sad. That's exactly it, Kevin. <laughs> it it upset me at first, but when I watched the show, I it, it wasn't it was way before Manglobe like died. Like so Did you watch it when it aired? Like I Oh, there's a good chance to get into my first impressions, actually. Um, oh, that was such a smooth really segue, bitch. That was so such, smooth. So smooth. You made it smooth, smooth but as I, ice. I didn't. So yeah, basically this show was suggested to me by Daniil. This was actually another Daniil suggestion. My boy, Daniel um, Senpai. My boy. Senpai. My boy. I think we wouldn't have like half of the episodes on Q&A if it weren't for Daniel. <laughs> That's true. Well, a third, really. But because um, fun fact, most of my suggestions on Kunai were Daniel suggestions, and I think this is the last one. This is the last of the Daniel suggestions because Daniel. This was the last anime that Daniel suggested to me because I remember there was a time where I was really heavily into like uh, Galgay. You know, well, Gal- but, but, like, but, but like, why did he stop suggesting shows to you? Like, he was just too what, busy. Like, what happened, busy. man? We we had a lover spat. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> he was. I think he's he's studying medicine, so it's like he doesn't have oh, the time. Shit, oh okay. yeah, he doesn't have the time school, for anime. Like, so yeah, it kind of takes it kind of takes. Yo, a we need like a Grey's Anatomy anime. Well, we we got sales at work, so you know. It's, yeah, it's close enough, man. It's just, 
but close serious, enough. It works. So basically, uh, during the time when I was watching it, I think it was around 2011, maybe 2012 summer. Um, so he suggested this to me after Golden Time, and <clears throat> he noticed that I I bought a PSP. I was playing some Japanese games on it, like Galge and stuff. So I was playing the Torador VN, and I was playing the Orimo VN, and all these other kind of visual novels and stuff. And he was like, oh, Bish, you know, you should check out World God Only Knows because you're into Galge, you might enjoy this. So maybe he was trying to hint at something. He was trying to say, Bish, you need to stop playing these weird Japanese games or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was... Um, <laughs> maybe that's what it was. I feel like he suggested that because he wanted me to get it off that. And I think since then... I was immediately hooked from its premise, you know? I, I Oh, because I, it was just so relatable. It was relatable to me and I was like, oh man, I wanna be <laughs> You know, I want I wanna be Kama. He's the god of conquest, right? And I don't know, man, just the comedic moments in the show kind of got me entangled a bit more. Uh, I treated it, you know, as a show where I can switch off my mind and just enjoy and I just know I, I find that it was it was enjoyable in that sense so that's where i kind of got my first impressions that's what i have to say about it uh what about you guys kevin right i mean for me i it was really the premise right that got me because i always found the premise interesting right so it's been on my to watch list for a while right um it wasn't something that you know oh i discovered because you suggested it for kunai um i was eventually gonna get to to watching this show right and i was always under the impression you know because of uh, him being the god of conquest and all that, that it would be an etchy harem show or something, right? But it's really funny, right? I wasn't expecting the comedic aspect of it. So I was really, really happy with the just sheer amount of really cute and fucking hilarious moments packed into the first episode, right? So um, I was really impressed by the first episode because they go right into the action right away. There's no, you know, like heavy exposition, right? That bogs down the, the action. You just jump into the thick of it along with Kema, right? And you discover the the universe along with him and and uh, Elsie, right? But at the same time, from the get go, I was also kind of worried about the speed, you know, the pacing of the show and what it would be doing to the relationships, right? Because I was like, okay, so his mission is to bring is to make as many people fall in love with him as possible, right? So if if his objective here is like to do as many people as possible within the first season. Is there going to be any depth of relationships, right? Are you going to have any uh, personal, you know, attachments or connections to those uh, love interests since there are going to be so many of them, right? And that and the fact that they lose their memories immediately after, right? Um, I was like, damn, those three things, you know, the, the speed, the lack of a connection, the characters and you know the memory loss the amnesia being a problem right so those are the three worries i had from the get-go despite the first episode being very solid right uh, but other than that i was like okay you know what it's an interesting premise it's pretty funny i'll see where this leads me right it was really again the premise that kept me on because honestly for the first episode at least i wasn't too impressed by Kema. i was like he feels pretty typical for now so it was just more so my curiosity uh, of seeing, you know, how the supernatural is going to tie into this show that, you know, kept me motivated going through this show. Okay. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you is that you were kind of worried about the progression of the show and such. Um, may I ask, did you see how many episodes the show was 
beforehand, like before watching it? Yeah, yeah. So I knew it was uh, only 12 episodes, right? Uh, I didn't know anything else, so I didn't spoil myself. Um, but I was like, okay, 12 episodes, and in the, at the end of the first episode, right, they go through the first conquest already. So I was like, shit, wow, they're really going so you quickly thought, here. You thought right? they were going to do a, a girl an episode, effectively, right? Not necessarily, but I was like, if this is an indicator for f the future Wait, what characters... Kind of episode? Hmm? What kind of episode, Bish? Like, like a girl in episodes. So like, like, like a Monster of the Week type show, right? Yeah. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. So I didn't know if it would be that bad at that point, but I was like, if it's anything like the first episode and they just rush through things really quickly, I'm kind of worried because honestly, I don't even remember the first girl's name. Um, was I it Ayumi? Any of us did. No, I don't. I don't probably Ayumi. I don't know. I think it's Ayumi. Uh, well, the first, the first girl who was uh... the, the first conquest, yeah. The, the oh, track the first and field conquest, girl. The, Ayumi Takahara. Yeah, Ayumi. She's just completely forgettable, right? Because she, she just she gets amnesia after that and stuff. And I was like, ah, I love what I see so far, but I'm worried, you know, because if this is like the other love interests, then we might have a problem in our hands here. You know? Well, that's what, yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel like what you're saying is kind of, it's one part of like a bigger issue, but I'll talk more about that a little later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what were your first impressions of the show? Like, did you any have any background with this show or? Okay, I probably have like the worst backgrounds for with this show that anyone could ever think of. Like I saw, I, I saw Elsie and I'm like, she looks cute. I'm going to watch the show. Like I was like, because I, it, I on a more serious note, like I, uh, like it was around the time I was like kind of getting into anime. I've referenced this like time a lot, but like it was, it was a, a notable part of my life when I'm like kind of like discovering these like different shows and like this form, this medium that I've never really seen before. Like I saw Elsie's design and like I was, like asked him like where's his character from and like they're telling me it's the world's gone only knows, and like for a time I didn't really watch it. Like, like I never, like I didn't really like dab into it dabble into it despite like being interested in like why she looks the way she does and like what she does throughout the show um but then and then like the show's recommended for the show and then like it, it's a typical like the show's recommended so you know i'm gonna have to give it a try anyway so i decide you know i'll, I'll like i'm gonna we'll watch it and see what everyone thinks of it and uh, honestly I, the story didn't really hook me right away it's like I I did like like Katsuragi was was funny as hell to be around, especially when he was paired up with Elsie. But like, I feel like it's like in terms of story, it did really catch me. But I, I think it was like more of the characters that drew me to what the show was going to do. Like I really liked like it, there's something kind of humorous. Like there, there's something slightly stereotypical yet humorous about uh, about Katsuragi. That was like it's like it's kind of like I feel like he's a character that like I he wouldn't wouldn't really grow on me, but was well, I was still interested in. Like I still want to kind of see him more and like see how he would like react to each situation. Sure, it's interesting that you mentioned this whole <clears throat> comedic thing. Like, yeah, I think that, I, I think feel... that's the idea. It's just like, but like that, that's again those like first impressions. Like at the time, I didn't really like know what I was getting into. Um, but then, and then we also got to Elsie, and I, like, she, she was adorable. 
I mean, I'll, I'll give her that. She like she was hilarious. Like her and Katsuragi together was it's kind of like the like the dynamic duo, except like the like said one person loves the other while the other hates the other. <laughs> but yeah, like just kind of seeing their dynamic and seeing how they like were going forward with the story's plot was just very interesting to me, and I was like I I was. I mean, I wasn't really hooked on the story, as I said before. It was, like, the the premise was something that felt, like, forgettable, forget, <clears throat> forgettable to me. But, but like, I feel like maybe, like, what I, something I saw in the show, I'm sorry to interrupt again, bitch, but, like, what I saw in something, I saw something in the show where it made me think, you know what, maybe this isn't a show that's about, like, the story. Maybe it's more about the characters, and how they're integrated into the plot and how they overcome what they what they go through and that kind of pushed me to watch more and more of it um it, it's interesting that you mentioned those comedic moments right right from the beginning in their first impressions because i find with this show a lot of people get into it because of the memes based around it right um i find it it's funny because this show is a 2010 or 2011 or something and yeah, to this day, there's so many memes about it. You know, that that Elsie crying meme on the table. It's because, like, the, the art style lends itself so well to that, you know? Just no, of Specifically Elsie. Just they, they did a spectacular job, I find, with Elsie's facial expressions in particular, you know? It, just... it, it definitely gets its shots done well. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, it definitely gets its shots done right, rather. It, it's, there's something about it where, if, like, if it's when they animate it in, like, in a goofy fashion... Like, it just kind of complements the animation style. One thing that I did want to mention is that even with, like, particular scenes, right? Like, the whole Baka scene. Like, if you type in Baka into YouTube, what's the first thing that comes up? It's that scene um, with... Uh, ba Baka! You know, you know the Shiori? You know the Shiori meme? Like, oh, yeah. ba Baka! Or, Ahu! You know, like... As soon as you type Baka into YouTube, that's what comes up. And it's like, it, I want to kind of jump straight into my favorite moments and episodes because of it, right? Can I be honest with you guys? <laughs> it's the episode 9. I, I loved episode 9, to be honest with you. Only because of, of the jokes and the memes and Shiori and the Baka. That, that got me. I was just, oh my god. And the way that they had those... You know when she's trying to speak to Elsie and explain to her come back to school, or like come after school uh, for the books and whatever? And the way those little ellipses just come up on the screen like dot 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 dot, dot and it just covers her <laughs> eyes? It's like, it's it's just so perfect. It's the entire screen is just silence and like, oh my god, I don't know what to say anymore. My mind's blank. Please get me out of this. You know, I, I felt in that moment kind of something similar i can't explain it It was something similar to uh, card capture sakura you know like when the first time i saw sakura i felt like this kind of motherly affection towards that character but here i felt like i felt like oh my god i just want to hug you like i feel so, so <laughs> it's like sympathy on the on the other side of the spectrum i think that was one of my favorite episodes because of that another one was i saw her getting really i'm sorry to interrupt again bitch but like i loved how uh oh, crap i forgot i was gonna say it was it's like it was just something that was so adorable about the way she spoke that made me think like protect her please like protect 
Must protect. We must protect. And I feel like we get we get that in anime, right? Sometimes. But really, I think my my absolute favorite episode, and and tell me if you guys disagree or 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 whatever. It was the filler episode, episode four, between the conquests, right? You know that one where he was playing the shitty. Oh, oh yeah. The fucking glitched up, fucking rushed EA game, right? Yeah, that? the rushed game, and it was just like, what the what, fuck? What was your favorite moment in that, though? Because for- I would say it, it my one of my favorite moments is I don't know is that that looping scene? You know when he's when he's going to every he says, okay, I want om rice for for like lunch or something, and it it loops to the to the gym with him getting thrown the dodgeball. I was fucking laughing. It, Oh, like uh, laughing so much, a little piss came out. Like it was that funny. I know re repetitive jokes are not always the best, but I think it was kind of well done in that episode. And and not just that. Like another thing I liked was you know his two D speech that he made. Why two uh, D girls are better? Two D girls and oh my are better. Oh yeah, when he was <laughs> so cringe. Do you know what I, I found was fu I, I was looking back at it in the second watch through and even in the third watch through I was thinking is this like a is this supposed to be like a Nazi Germany like speech because if you look at it, it it's no, it's no that's exactly what it's that. supposed to be though honestly the skits in general were just goals when he when they suddenly like got out of like reality and just showed him in these different scenarios it's it's kind of like those family guy kind of um cutaway gags right it, it's it's similar yeah but it's it's kind of like it's like there was something about it that just made each it was just fulfilling like seeing something like that and then like hearing him talk about his plan because he'd make a comparison and like when you heard when you heard him say like let me teach you something you knew like a really good moment was going to come after and it was great it, it's great yeah. i can't i can't deny that yeah, so no, that the, was one those of moments my, were were fucking was great, great right well, i can't what, believe you didn't mention this one moment though where elsie i sympathize more so with elsie rather than kama in that episode because she was like El, kama was like determined to just you know plow through the game no matter what right but elsie was just she just tagged along she didn't want to be there right and there's that one moment Right, where she's like, yes, you got through the loop, right? And he's like, wait, no, there's the rest of the game, right? And there's, she's just like fucking aghast. And there's a fucking blimp in the background that says, oh my God. Or just what? like fucking slapstick moments like that. I didn't that. see that. No, what? They're outside on the bench, right? And it's super dark out. And she's like, can we go home yet? I'm sorry, but uh, do you remember <laughs> how he got past the, the loop? And then yeah. as, after that, he, he encountered a bunch of like gibberish. In mm. the chat, mm. yeah, and then basically Elsie was just like, "Oh my god, this shit again! Yeah, please don't make me go through this again." <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't notice that, man. I was just too invested in. I wanted to see what the picture was. I want to show you my picture. She never fucking showed the picture. Like I would have wanted to see that too. No, I think uh, back to what you were saying before, bitch. It was. I think my the something I found even funnier was when when he like you know he was like looping back and forth between like trying to eat something and then like getting hit by volleyballs right it's like after like and then there's a scene after that where he finally gets the right meal and then he makes another wrong choice and then he just keeps getting hit by volleyballs <laughs> That's what I liked about it. It's just, as Kevin said, it's this slapstick comedy. It's sometimes mm. it does get a bit repetitive, but it's just like, like I said, you just shut off your brain, and it's like it's great. It reminds me of like Nietzsche Jewel in some 
some yes ways, you know? <clears throat> you know, Kevin, I find also that there is a lot of similarities to Nietzsche do in the in the sense that there's a this a lot of slapstick comedy, the fact that it, it's structured in like one episode is structured into like four parts in most cases, or all these cutaway gags that are pretty similar to Nietzsche do as well. Yeah, because so it think... feels really self-contained, right? In its format as well. Not so much as Nietzsche do, but it definitely feels more more so at the beginning, I was under the impression that it feels like a comedy more than it does a romantic show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see I can see what you mean, but I feel like even with the romantic moments, like there were still a lot of times where it was like romantic comedy levels of like comedic. But other than that, what, what other episodes got to you? Um, I would say another wasn't really necessarily an episode. It was more of an art that I want to discuss, and it's the canon art, right? It's not because of... Um, I think that's probably my highlight in terms of... I, I think we might have differing op- opinions because of it, but I didn't really care for Canon as a character in any sort of way the first time watching, or or I didn't really care for that arc, to be to be honest with you. I didn't like the appeal of, oh, she learned something, and now she's not invisible anymore. I didn't like it. What I enjoyed was the music. That's what made the arc enjoyable for me. I liked the... What well, was the idol arc? <laughs> the, it, you know, the, the music that went along, the, you know, I've been listening to a lot of it. I, my, me, idol. Uh, that song or um, what was the other one happy happy crescent or what was it what was the other one there was another song i honestly i, I can't remember wait, the wait, names, wait, honestly wait, wait, wait. i i can't i'm not gonna move on this point until i remember it okay we'll be we'll, we'll see you in like the next half hour you done yet no i i have it actually i have it saved on my phone so it's what was the song? Oh, all for you. All for you. Dee 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 dee. All for you. You can oh. tell Bish had a lot of fun. Oh man, listening I loved to, it, listening man. To music in there. I fucking love that arc. Probably saved that. It's probably his ringtone now, for all we know. That dude. Dude, it's on my phone. It's say like I'm not gonna lie to you. I one, believe it. one thing that I wanna say is that it, it, that arc just made me feel good about myself. And I don't know if it's the Why? appeal of idols or it, it's the music or it was the fact that you saw all of those guys like they were so happy. Like <laughs> oh my god, like her fan club. I do. You know. What I mean? Well, since you were talking about the uh, the music, uh, let me ask you this: like, did you see? Did you feel any sort of like significance in? in each song like not just something to listen to but like also the meaning behind it because i know like the very last song what is the, was the hidden meaning within those songs well i mean because it's like you know how let me give you an example so you know how the end when uh she's singing and like you could tell it's it's very related to her like the situation that just happened like she was lost in noise and then like she kind of, she saw the light. Did you mean the the very last song that she sang? Yeah, the very last the very last. Well, I mean song. that was a direct that was that wasn't really exactly you know allegory. That was direct. That was the song that she sang with her former uh, bandmates before she became a solo act. You don't have to be like you know like a, an English major major to to catch that. Well, right? yeah, of course it was, was kind of it was obvious there was like it was referencing something else. It just kind of felt like there were multiple meanings in like the song she sung. And like it felt, it felt very fitting for for the Japanese audience or people who understand Japanese, the songs do actually mean a lot of things, right? I was listening to it, and I can't understand a lot of Japanese, but the, I think that I the I I think it's called I Idol or something, or I'm an Idol or something, where she sings uh, I my me Idoru uh, Watashi Idoru. She's she's saying I'm an Idol, like that's what she's saying in the song, uh, for the most part. And I I felt that I felt the Idol presence 
as she was singing, I felt that I was a part of the Canon Fight uh, Fight Club. I was going to say Canon Fight Club, um, but it, was, it wasn't that. The Canon Fan Club. I felt a part of that. I felt a part of a community. I feel that's a bit odd, really, within anime. Like, you usually, like, you know, anime Twitter is a bit shit. And, you know, the anime community in general can be a bit hit or miss. But looking at that, I felt warm inside. That, that whole story arc, and I would say more so the end of that arc, really made me feel warm inside. Not because of Canon, but because of the music. And I feel the music kind of moved me. I see. Okay. Uh, I think you're doing a you're doing a disservice to the arc though, because they're. I mean, sure, the songs were pretty catchy. Not gonna lie. Now that you remind me of it, yeah, some of the songs were like pretty catchy. You know, stuff that I would like save onto my phone. Mind well, you, like, it was nice, but um, for me, I found that just it, there was a contrast between or a contrast rather between Kenon's arc and the other girls because. Again, it was the only time where I felt like the supernatural actually sort of intervened with her literally turning invisible, right? Threatening to fade right, away yeah. from existence, right? So it was one of the few arcs where you you were reminded that, oh, hey, there's this supernatural aspect to the show, right? Like at the beginning, you know, I was kind of hesitant about Kinon just because her personality seemed to boil down to, you know, she couldn't accept that not everyone knew her, right? She was insecure about her popularity, right? There was a, the clash between her her facade as an idol and, uh, you know, who she really was. So it was your, your typical, like, you know, what was that one chick from Persona 4, the idol? What's her name again? Rise, how can you forget your own best girl? Hey, no, I remembered her the last second, but... This is gonna be Kevin's last episode. Wow. Okay. Um. Why? Anyway. Why is it Kevin? Wait, wait, wait. Why is it Kevin's last episode? How could you forget Risei? I, I can forget Risei. Everyone. Can, I want to forget Risei. What's wrong with you? Anyways, as I was saying, she felt like a poor man's Risei for her first two episodes, and at the end, okay, episode seven is one of my favorite moments because I'm not gonna lie, the ending got me. And not because the songs, because like you know, but is really the emotional connection, right? Because I didn't really care for her connection with Kema because I don't really feel that she had much of connection with Kema. It was really her connection to her friends, to her past that, uh, you know, hit me in the feels, right? It's because um, it's revealed that before she is part of this um, group of three, right? And she was, she was a, like a side singer, right? She was supposed to, they're both supposed to promote, uh, I think it was Lemon, right? Or Lime, there I go, Lime. And she got so popular that, you know, her two friends were kind of forgotten and they drifted apart and stuff, right? So just her anxiety and her guilt over what happened to to Lime and, you know, her groups to, uh, is what ate her up on the inside, you know? So just seeing the, the flowers that her friends sent her, right? And seeing her at the very end, you know, sing one of her old songs that, you know, she never sang before for years in an empty stadium. Just scenes like that, man, it really got to me, right? Because I'm like, okay, she's made peace with her past, with her demons, right? And she's ready to move on now. It wasn't really the romantic aspect with Kama that I found very interesting. I just found that her personal struggle and, you know, coming in terms with her friends and reconciling uh, with them is what made that moment special, right? It was something I found was was unique, right? That made it stand out from the other arcs and the other girls. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I think that Kenon's arc is the best, honestly. I can't say the same for uh, the last arc, right? For example. One arc that I also want to mention, want to give a shout out to is, because you mentioned favorite arcs. 
I would say my f most favorite arc is um, the Mio arc. Only because I related to that. And I, I think I really want to discuss that arc more so. The, the Mio Ayama? Yeah, Mio, yeah. Mio the rich girl, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I related to her in some way. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that arc, but I'll get to why I enjoyed the arc because it's very more based around her character later on. But I want to know, Joe, what was your favorite moments, your favorite episodes and arcs in this anime? I would say, I mean, I don't really have a particular favorite moment, but I do. But I think my favorite, my favorite is the same one you described, Bish. It's the uh, the one where he's trying to play through the broken the broken visual novel. Because I mean, it was like it was like a breather from the main story, and it also like it, it was it was good filler. I'd say like it was something that was very in entertaining. <clears throat> Why would you say it's good filler though? Just honest question. It's because it's like it it kind of gives it's, it kind of it doesn't interfere with the characters. What what do you mean by interfere with characters though? Normally with filler, like the characters will sometimes deviate from how they were in like the main story, and I feel like with like the this filler, it, like it was more or less untampered with. I it felt like like another episode. It felt like just another episode of the show. It didn't feel like anything that was like foreign. Mm. Didn't feel like anything that was like out of place. That's very interesting, actually. That's... I also want to answer your question, Kevin. You you mentioned why why do you kind of like the filler? What what so? Why did it not feel like filler for me as well? But I have a kind of different answer to that. Is because we kind of got to see Kama a bit more. Like we got to see Kama in his natural environment. We that's got to true. See him that's, that's yeah, true. that is well. Become this conqueror, right? In in game form, and we understand why he explains why he's not going to give up on this game because people worked hard on it you know th there is this girl's story to tell and he wants to see that story do you see what i mean so that that kind of made it for me not even feel like filler because i got to learn more about him and i i feel that it kind of helped me understand came as a character more and how he deals with with these characters as conquests right within the show so i didn't feel it as filler like you know it's not like this kind of naruto filler you know where where you know it feels uh, out of place and forced yeah it doesn't feel like forced filler it doesn't feel like they're trying to promote something or whatever it, it's just standard filler and i feel that it could have just worked like do you know what i mean it just it just felt like that to me. I really appreciate your, your comments because, I mean, I found it really interesting because, Joe, the, the reasons why you liked it so much were the reasons why I found it so just... I mean, it was still very funny, right? It, um, mm -hmm. But just in terms of the characters, right, I was pretty disappointed because... Uh, How so? I, li I like what you said, Bish, right? You said that he was developed and stuff. And that's true now that you bring it up and that I think about it. Yeah, Kima was developed, but one of the reason why I was so disappointed is because, in my opinion, good filler is filler where the story might not advance, but the characters still get fleshed out, You get they get developed. And Kima was developed in a way because you get to see, you know, why he's so upset, like, you know, get to see him in action, right, in his games he wants, instead of being caught up with his mission, right, with Elsie all the time. But the more specifically for me, I just didn't enjoy it that much because it, yes, you're exploring his character, but you're exploring a facet of his character that you already know about, right? His character before then was a meme in the sense that he was defined by, you know, uh, dating sims, right? Yeah. So you explore more of his dating sim side, right? You don't get to see, okay, how is Kama the person like, 
right? What about the, his other aspects of his personality outside of that one core tenet, right? I think they go hand in hand, right? Because his person, he says it to himself. He says, life is just a bad game. That's how he treats life. So I feel that seeing Kama in this, this is true Kama. This isn't the Kama that we see when he's going to bring like, I wanna go, so. I want him to elaborate on that quote more. Like, why is life a bad game? Did he have any, you know, bad experiences as a kid that caused him to be this way, right? Mm. Like, just explore, you know, his why? past, his development, sure. right? Just things outside of games. Because that's, that's what we explore. What we, that's the side that we see. In the regular I feel like that's something already. you'd see more in like yeah. in like the main story though, not like in filler. Mm, I think because of the the nature of this show, because it is a um, monster of a week type show. Yeah, um, you don't have the opportunity within the, the main. The story. focus is so much on the the love interest, right? Because they only have so much time to get developed. Like, it's true that Kimad still grows, right? As uh, as he meets these new girls, but at the same time, right? Um, it's not a 50-50 split. Most the attention is on on the, the characters. On the so. characters, exactly. So may I ask right? you a so, question, Kevin? Um, mm -hmm. With Kama, right? Would you have preferred that they explained why he's so fascinated with games, or what? What kind not of drew even, him? Not to even that? that. I was given an example, right? I don't care if it was something else about his life, right? Because I'll, I'll here, I'll go to my notes, right? And on my notes for Kama, I have one line on him. And that line is, I still can't say I take him too seriously. I have one line, one single comment on the main character of the show, and that's saying something. Because I felt that, you know, up until then, I was like, okay, maybe we don't really get to see him, uh, see other aspects of his personality. Maybe he's so one-dimensional because um, they have to, they're forced to concentrate on these, uh, on the love interests, right? So I can't really blame right. him. Right. So the filler came and I was like, okay, Now's his chance to shine. Now's his chance to evolve, break out of his shell, and become something more than just, you know, a gaming meme, right? Because I don't care that, you know, whatever. Okay, he, he's obsessed with games. They, they got that point through, you know, since the first episode, right? But by that point, I was like, okay, I get it. Can we see his human side, right? Or is he just a one-dimensional character? I, I really saw it as an opportunity to ex take other avenues of, of approach with his character, you know? So that's why I find that that filler, um, and should I say, like all the filler episodes in this show, kind of disappointing, right? Because it doesn't reach its full potential, right? You don't get to see other aspects of Kama, but not only that, I wouldn't have cared if they didn't develop Kama and if they developed the rest of the universe, right? Because if I recall correctly, Elsie mentions that, you know, she has an older sister and stuff, and she there are flashbacks very briefly to her time as a demon in hell and all that, right? So there are these little teases, right, at the supernatural side of the story. Kevin, right? I, I don't want to kind of say that your 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 prayers would be answered in season two, but they would. I know. So I, <laughs> that's very, that's actually very interesting so. because, Bish, uh, this was the first time that I watched the show for Kunai and took notes on it. Uh, with a friend by my side and he already saw all three seasons right um and justly he had the same reaction as you he, whenever i'd voice a criticism or something he'd be like dude just season two right but the thing is we're not here to talk about season two right that's true um, that's true that's the problem i'm sure season two is great but i i've only watched season one so far right so i can't really comment mm -hmm. on that that's fair um 
But all I can say is that, as I said for my first impressions in the first episode, what I really wanted to see is, okay, this is a romantic comedy, sure, but what makes it unique as a show is its premise, right? The fact that he's been given this mission by, by these demons, right? Um, so I just wanted to see them develop out that the part of the show that makes it unique, right? That makes it stand out. What what makes it different from you know, say, uh, just a normal romantic comedy set in a non-magical world, right? Because if you take out Elsie out of the equation and all that, and you take the the ghosts that come out of the girls when, at the very end of each arc, you could say that it's it's almost you know a normal romantic comedy, right? So I just wanted to see them flesh out the supernatural part that makes this show so unique that I, I was really interested in, right? But they didn't take time to do that either in the filler, which, you know, again, I found I found disappointing because Joe, you said that, yes, the and Bish, you also said that the filler feels, you know, right at home within this show, right? And that's, that's a good thing, but in here... Well, I mean, I agree. I know what you're trying to say. Like, I... I... I 100% share those opinions. Like the show didn't really develop like the like the the loose souls like Elsie herself. Like she, they were just kind of there. Like honestly, I exactly. forgot about the main story. Like at some point, it, it felt like the uh, that the supernatural aspect, right, was kind of forgotten, right? Yeah. Um, so again, yes, this filler episode fits into the show, but it fits so well that it it just kind of mediocre in the sense that it doesn't really distinguish itself from the rest of the arcs. Because, I mean, I still loved the comedic moments in episode 4 because it was hilarious, but the regular arcs of the show were hilarious as well, right? So, right. it didn't present anything fresh, right? I'm not saying that they didn't develop Kama's character, but it just wasn't interesting because they didn't try to explore new things, in, in my opinion, right? I would say, without a doubt, like, I mean, I, I I know what you're trying to say with the arcs, like, overall, like, despite what happened in each arc, uh, like, it just kind of, like, a lot of it just didn't really, like, add to the, like, overall story. The, the mm-hmm. arcs themselves, like, the arcs alone did have their very good moment, like, did have very good moments. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I think the one that really stood out to me the most, like, specifically was, uh, was, what was her name? It was, like, the, the one, the librarian. Shiori. Shiori. Yeah, Shiori. Like, she, honestly, I think she was my favorite out of them all, mainly because of how, like, relatable she was okay. to me. Like, I, I feel like, it, it's like, I, I just, I'm gonna be deeper for a second. I just kinda, I saw a lot of myself within Shiori. It's like, it, it, she reflects a lot of how I act outside, at, like, out, out, like, outside of, like like online chat rooms or like games and stuff like she like when i'm like going outside or like when i'm trying to talk to people like i can't bring myself to talk with people like it's because i'm always like afraid of like saying the wrong thing or like i'm always just afraid of kind of instigating something or like like explaining something incorrectly and then i would like just kind of in order to like help myself i would sometimes i would like be quiet and then sometimes i would like play games or something because in a lot of ways games are like an alternate world for me where i can just kind of like i, I can like like be a little more myself you know what i mean so you found her her character to be really like you know, sympathetic yeah sympathetic she was very touching like she she really touched like my heart in a lot of ways like I'm, i mean that in like the most serious way i mean we'll talk about characters in more detail later but what what i'm interested to know is is that what about the arc like what what moments in the in the episodes you know made you go you know what mio is you know best girl or you know mio is you know 
a great character. What moments in particular? Other than other than the Baka, you know, because that. Kevin. Oh shit! Yeah. Freudian slip right there. <laughs> no, Mio was the worst one. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Call me saying that shit. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, on a more serious note, yeah, like <laughs> it's okay. You didn't hear anything. No, no, just I. I think Bish is like ready to fucking fight you, man. <laughs> he's ready to. He's ready to like leave the Discord. That's what he's ready to do. Like, but anyway, uh, I. It was more of is. It was like a lot of. It was a more like. Uh, how do I describe it? Like it wasn't like anything like over the top. Like it wasn't like. It wasn't like say like cannons whereas like you have like all these like idol lights you have like she's on stage she's singing and then she has like this like darker past so she's more ordinary right she's so she's not rich like mio and she's not famous like uh canon right yeah she doesn't stand out in a lot of ways but i feel okay. like that's kind of what makes her so great and like she just kind of she's just so normal she's very like and then at the same time it also makes her very relatable and then i feel like just kind of the the whole like idea of like like the library being her own world and kind of like th like throwing yourself in a different place that you can ignore reality i feel like that that plot line was just brilliant mm -hmm. and like it stuck out to me more than the other ones for reasons i mentioned before i'll ask you the question later in characters but you know you, you bring some really interesting insights into uh that arc because honestly i felt that it was Mm, kind of weak. I don't know. It's just well, a lot of it just came from just how relatable it was. I, I suppose you know. What I mean, like it, it's really like sub it's really subjective in the end. We're talking about the arcs and such. I want to get into the story. And really, before we get into the story, I want to give my take on how I felt this anime was structured and how I felt the anime was trying to perceive itself as, right? If you guys realize that this this whole show is basically one big visual novel. I'm not sure if you guys got that yes. or not. Yes. Oh, yo, okay, I actually have a point at the very end. It, it just kind of clicked for me uh, when I was watching episode nine. So I, that's um, that's Shiori, the beginning of Shiori's arc, right? I noted it, right? I wrote down, it feels like I'm watching a visual novel play through, honestly. Right? It feels like it feels like I went on YouTube and typed in, you know, the world God only knows let's play or something. You know, I was like, am I am I watching a show here or am I watching a YouTuber do a let's play? Uh, first of all, there is a game, Kevin, that is is an, a visual novel based on World God Only Knows anime, and it plays out pretty much like the anime. Yeah, I I was under the impression actually that, you know, if you if I didn't know better, I would tell you that <laughs> That the game came first and this was an adaptation of the game, right? But if not mistaken, that's not the case. That's not the case, no. That's not the case. First of all, I started to notice this when I saw the flags, where it says flag 5.0 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That is a trait within um, within the, you know, visual novels and gal gaze, right? That's the, that's the point where you save. I don't know, the fact that you speak to these girls and then they forget about you after you've spoken with them. Yeah, I mean... I I don't think they were trying to hide it at all, really. I think that's what they were going for, really. Of course, it's what they were going for, but I felt that they were going for that to make this seem like this is more of a Galge as opposed to an anime, right? Because within within Galge, right, you play the character, you you do that, you can't, you know, you conquer the the character, whatever, as they say in this anime, right? And it's like a new game plus, right? If, if you do a new game plus, they're not going to remember you. You're going to have to start that relationship again. So in that sense, they kind of forget about it just like it is in a game, right? Secondly, I feel that even the whole events, the fact that Elsie is, is building, the like making the cake for him, or even that the end cards, I'm not sure if you've noticed the end cards or not within this anime, that when they're talking about the next episode, there is no animation in it. It's just a, it's a still image 
with like key art or something and then it's like text text box uh, text boxes right it makes me it, feel it looks like, like art like art made by may, maybe the artists on the team or maybe like fan art or something i like presume that. so but i feel that they're doing that as as a, a way to break the fourth wall that's what it feels like to me it's like hey look this is the joke this is this show is basically a gal gay like that's what it felt but like didn't hog and i do something similar um, or was that a different show? I think it was Nisekoi uh, that did that. But ni oh, ni I think it was Nisekoi. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember like there, like there was a show that we covered that uh, I remember. I know like shows I've done that in the past where they show like art and such, mm -hmm. and I feel like it kind of adds a lot to the show itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one yeah. thing that I also want to mention in, in favor of this point and this idea is the fact that there is a um, a episode, you know that episode where she's trying to make the cake and then she releases a dragon? Oh yeah. yeah. Have you noticed that episode had three different, not three different endings, but from three different perspectives, right? From three different yeah. character perspectives. And that's what you also find within Galgate. Like, like you, sometimes you play a visual novel and you will play the same sort of scenario but from a different character's perspective and it is quite interesting the fact that they've done that like if you've noticed the flags in between the episodes like it changed like like the flag literally changed like i think it was 9.4 not 9.5 but i think it was 7.5 7.2 or whatever do you see what i mean so it, it's structured in such a way like that to me personally. I just kind of felt like that. And I think it was a good thing to mention. But what's your stance on that? Like, do you you feel that it, uh, it was for the better or did it harm the way the show? I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I felt it was a nice idea, but it was poorly executed because it did harm yeah. the show. Uh, in a sense that because of that following that kind of format it made the show stale like you know what was gonna happen you know he's gonna conquer the girls like yeah I mean honestly like by by the end of the second arc I was like okay this is I think I see a pattern developing here where it's like first episode is one girl right then the next one is a girl over three episodes and it's a filler then a girl over three episodes then a filler and after a girl over three episodes then a filler like you could you could see the format right and like from the second arc I'll and not only right? that you can watch these episodes in any order if you in any arc sorry in any order right you don't necessarily need to watch the arcs in order because they forget that he even exists after after their arc is done right that's a thing um yeah i feel like that was just a very weird sort of plot point i mean i guess maybe it's because they didn't want the girls to kind of fight with each other and kind of be like hey like he was he was like involved with me then like and oh no he was involved with me it's really funny that you mentioned that because we talk about this kind of shit but i don't want to say because that is something well, that second that season right from that. it's probably the second, second season. season here we go <laughs> but i mean yeah I, I have to agree here in the sense that again it's just i was really disappointed to find that my suspicions you know my my worst fears in the first episode were turned out to be true Right? There are plenty of hilarious moments on the show, right? And they, they take, but the way they take dives into the lives of a different girl so often, right? Makes for a lot of variety, but it's a double-edged sword, right? Because uh, the fact that they're s squeezed within, to, within three episodes and only three episodes, right? Coupled with the fact that they get amnesia afterwards, as we said before, it makes you feel like there's a very little progression, right? The only two consistent characters throughout the entire show are Kema and Elsie, right? And I, I guess like the mom too, but she she's a side character, right? And the fact that, you know, Bish, you said that you could watch the show in any, the arts in any order is, you know, for me, not a good thing. The, that means that the main characters 
are static. They aren't really changing, right? And I know some, you know, some mega fan of of uh, uh, of this show is gonna be like, oh, actually, uh, came out did develop over the season. You just well, didn't notice it. No, it's true. I I completely understand what you're saying, but I feel that's also due to the fact that it's structured in such this in this visual novel type way. Because even exactly, then, yeah, the characters right? themselves mean, are tropes. Kama is a I, I realized that well. the, like, the visual novel worked, probably worked like this, right? So they had to follow that. But my criticism still stands. It just makes for a predictable and kind of lackluster development of characters within the context of a TV show. You know, um, it just... It, I, I do want to point out that the visual novel came out after the anime was released. So the visual novel was an anime adapt... It was an ad adaptation of the anime. This was originally a manga. Just to keep that in. Honestly, uh, my friend who, who I was watching it with, right? My flatmate, he actually said that when he first watched through this. Which flatmate? This is, is it... Anthony, right? He actually said that it reminds him of like the endless eight in Haruhi, you know, where it just feels like there's no progression, right? Because it, it feels like Kema is stuck in an, in a time loop, right? Where it's like, you know, he, he completes a conquest and then it's a reset for his personality. And after he goes, find, he's going to find a different girl, you know. Well, I was going to say Forrest Gump. It's not like that. It's like, um, oh, what was that film that has Tom Hanks in it? Was it Tom Hanks? No, it wasn't Tom Hanks. What was it? A Groundhog Day. That, that was not Tom Hanks, but it's, it's effectively a Groundhog Day. Like every day is yeah. repeated the same and it's just like variation. But the thing is, right? k doesn't get amnesia, right? But the, he still doesn't really but, develop. Mm, but that's because so, he doesn't give a shit about these girls because they're not they're not 2D. Like, do you know what I mean? It's his attitude toward it. It's supposed to be a romantic conquest, right? But the thing is, like, you, you can see that, you know, Kama doesn't really give a shit. But I, I'll ask you a question, Kevin. It You say it's supposed to be a romantic conquest. How can you see romance to build in two days? Like, effectively, these conquests happen over three days, right? How can you expect someone to fall the, in the love very format in that of, of the, not even the show, of the story, of the manga itself is kind of like, it's shooting itself in the foot, right? It's so constraining, you know? Um, because even if, right, um, supposedly these girls fall in love with them, right? Because th that's the condition for the uh, for the demons to come out, right? Is if she they fall in love with him and they come to peace, they make peace with their demons, right? No pun intended. Uh, they'll come out. But you know, there was nothing. They n never said that he had to fall in love with them, right? So if he doesn't really give a shit about uh, those characters, I'm like, why the fuck should I, right? And not only that right uh if the characters were super interesting and well developed in their own right then i would have been fine for the most part right but i find that with this format that they they've chosen right where they're trying to emulate a visual novel right clearly every single arc of this show is supposed to be like you know going down this tree for a specific character in a vn right the problem with that is just like in a vn if the character is shit that tree or that timeline is going to be shit as well because everything is centered on them, right? They're putting all their eggs in one basket, so to speak, right? It's all resting on the the love interest. And if the love interest doesn't interest you, then it's like, fuck, you know, you're not gonna really enjoy your time uh, in that arc. Sure, I, I kind of want to ask you another question going on that point. How do you think this would have been resolved in terms of structure? Do you think they would have, I, I don't have moved think away they from the VN? I think they were kind of fucked, honestly. Like, like 
It's a criticism, but it's not really one that I voice at the studio this time around, because again, they're doing an adaptation of a manga, and they have to follow that, right? Um, and it, but it's just you know, perhaps it's something that works for the manga, but not for for the show. So like, then, but how do you just, think Manglobe could fix that? Like that's what I'm saying. I know they can't fix it now. I also don't <laughs> think that. Oh, hashtag too soon. Too soon. Too soon. No, do you think that they should have like done it so that the episode, it, the the show was 24 episodes and they put more emphasis on those characters? Because I've noticed that they've done individual OVAs for for each character, right? Do you think those OVAs should have been included into the series and then you would have got I, more characters? I, 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 I mean, tell like, you if, you if they wanted, about... if they were to do, I'm sorry, Kevin, I, mm -hmm. I really need to interject there, but like, if they were to do 24 episodes, then they'd ha probably have to restructure the story as a whole because. I honestly wouldn't want to go through 24 episodes. Yeah, no, I, I would drop like, this shit like story. fire if if it was if it was you know filler three episodes of it of love interest filler three episodes of love interest that same exact mathematical mold of a format I'd have been like nah fuck this I'm out. And that, and like the fact that they didn't really like develop, like, the, like again, like, like I said before, the, the loose souls, like Elsie herself, like yeah, where she came right? from, like they didn't um, really like talk about that all that much. Yeah, we got like twenty four episodes. You, of that, you have to keep the track. audience on their toes, right? You want them to keep them excited for every episode that comes out, especially when it's airing, right? Because I always, I was already kind of like you know, grinding through this, um, and that's when I had all twelve episodes available to me. If this was if I was watching this live, right, and I noticed the exact same formula pop up for the plot structure again and again and again, I'd be like, no. There, if there's nothing interesting, no twists to keep me on my toes, keep me interested, right? No new characters that are thrown into the mix, then I'll just get bored, right? Because it's not again. Perhaps it's because I was expecting this to be like a harem, right? There's there's basically Elsie, Kema, and then there's the love interest, right? You don't have a whole lot of characters to work with is the problem. So even if in, in other shows, right, in your typical uh, harem show, if one there's one character you don't like, whatever, there's like five more, no, ten more that probably will interest you, right? So you can tolerate it. But here, if you don't like the love interest, it's like, well, too bad because they're going to be there for the entire arc. And then they're just gonna, they're irrelevant anyways. You don't feel like there's any progression because like like you said bish it's a monster of the week type of deal where it's like you can't see the what's the end game is he gonna go on like this trying to collect souls forever until he gets every single well, lost that's, soul that's the whole in point. the city yeah that's the whole point of it they they do establish that in the beginning of the show yeah exactly but it's just unsatisfying because you're you're like you know kema goes through a reset in terms of like personality and the the love interests get amnesia so it's like what's changing from arc to arc there's no sense of progression it's like nothing it's kind of like putting the show on repeat with a different exactly like, it's like you're going through a fucking time loop right you don't f you're not getting that satisfying sense that okay these characters they're learning new things right because you see to be invested in a show you have to believe that the characters are human right they're not just something that was thought up by some scriptwriter. you have to believe that you know they could be that they're believable that they're 3d right um but in this case it's just because of the the time constraint with every arc right the amnesia and you know so many other things it just feels like you know they just rehashed the same exact same formula for different love interests and it just it makes you lose interest, you know? And to answer your question finally about what could have Manglobe done differently, 
Um, honestly, I don't really blame Anglo because if the manga's like this, they're kind of forced to to follow that, right? If the manga's like that, you you can't you don't have that much uh, artistic freedom within an adaptation. In such a way, right? Like there's other studios, like um, for example, Giovanni, right? Like they've done a lot of slice of life type shows, shows that don't necessarily have the best story or any story at all, like K-On or Nichiju and stuff, but they pulled it off. So I don't know. I still feel that there is something that they could have done. I don't know what it was or what it could have been, but I mean, I yeah, can't... okay. By that logic, yeah, they could have done a better job. But the question, I thought that the question you're asking me is, could they have done a better job while being faithful to the manga? And I don't think that's that would be possible honestly because even if let's say hypothetically it was 24 episodes right i wouldn't watch it but hypothetically if it, there were 24 episodes to this to the story right and they gave the the characters even more time to develop right and Kama does actually fall in love with them and shit right i don't know if i'd be interested because i feel that uh, i'll get into this I mean, later but a lot of the characters like... are so one-dimensional they, they feel like they're their entire character is built on, off this one cliche, right? You don't really Ooh, see other aspects of it. You know, them. that's an interesting point that I really want to get into on characters. But before we do that, Joe, what do you think about the story? I mean, I kind of kind of sprinkled it. I kind of sprinkled my opinions a little bit um, during that discussion. It's a little bit of spice and like some some paprika, but uh, <laughs> but uh, the story it wasn't anything memorable. I'm just gonna be blunt with it. It wasn't memorable for me. I didn't really like it. I, I was really more in, interested in the show for its characters and how they interacted with each other, and like their development, like the like the way they kind of had that self growth. It's one reason why uh, it wasn't one reason why I like I loved like a few of these characters. Like I I loved Elsie. I loved uh, like I love Shio. Like I was just I was just talking about her. Like I feel like those stuck out to me much more than the story itself because the story like honestly i feel like in a lot of ways the they made the show in a way where the story was more secondary because i feel like there wasn't like anything significant like i didn't feel any kind of like like it didn't it never really felt like the main character was in like any kind of danger because like if we follow like what it introduced if he like like refused to do anything you would have just gone his head cut off isn't that a type of danger though like <laughs> well you know here's, no, I, no 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 that's not, i didn't say there wasn't danger i didn't i said it didn't feel like there was any kind of danger because that they kind of just dropped that point it was quite abrupt yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't exactly a, a race against the clock other than with like canon a little bit but like yeah they, they introduced the other ones, i feel really. like they introduced it for the sake of having some kind of plot and like in order like for the sake of giving the character reasons like go to these like to find these girls well, there's and... no way out for him yeah well yeah there's no way out but like i feel like it was kind of like the pl like the plot giving him a reason to kind of do these different things because without content like, like without any kind of like setup then like why is he going around and trying to impress these girls like the story was there to give him a reason like nothing else like you see what i'm trying to say i, I here. see like it kind of yeah like it it's just that's why like i feel like the story just it, it hurt like it hurt the story in a lot of ways and it like it in the end it did it, it was very insignificant and i feel like the characters were kind of what kept me going with the show and it wasn't like just kind of seeing what was going to happen next and like very very interesting plot. actually because you know i i kind of want to get into characters now that you you talk about that joe because you say that okay 
Maybe they weren't trying to focus on the story so they can focus on the characters instead. But honestly, even the characters, I, I'm like, they're completely, like, they're forgettable, right? As much as I love Elsie, right? She's fucking hilarious and cute as hell, but like, at the same time, there, there's not much else you could say about them, right? I, I found that for a lot of the characters in this show, I only have like one line or two lines about them in my notes because I, I was I was like, you know, trying to find something to say about them, but I, I realized that, you know, the show doesn't give you, you know, much to say about them. You only see one aspect of them, and that's like the only aspect. It's, it's the only flavor you're gonna get out of them. You that's know? true, and I completely agree with what you say. Even even in my notes, I didn't write much about the characters themselves, but I did mention that the characters in this show are tropes. They're they're like they're there that's to fall the in line with the visual novel style, right? You know, if they if they weren't tropes, Kamer wouldn't be able to use his tactics from the games to conquer them, right? So it, it, it's nece it's a necessary evil, I think, to be honest. Like, the characters fo follow clear archetypes that are over often overused in anime and visual novels. You got the Sundere, you have the Himedere, you have the Dandere. And I think that the fact that these Dandere, like the Deres in anime, they first originated in visual novels and they made its way into anime. I feel like it's, it's like... I was always under the impression that, that it was... Evangelion that uh, started it. No, no, no. I, from I did some research on it actually when I was looking into this, and it was a visual novel from from many many years ago. I think in the two thousands, right? That kind of introduced the terms, like the 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 tropes Wait, were there. The terms. But Evangelion like, predates that shit, though, dude. No, I know, but I mean the term Sundara oh, and okay, Dandara. Right. I'm not talking about the expressions, right? But I'm talking about the terms, like they were officially named in a visual novel, right? I find introducing these characters characters with these kind of traits is very shallow and I think it's basic and I yeah. think in the long run the reason that they're doing this is to kind of build them across a season maybe three seasons or two seasons but I, I think I think we don't really see this during this season one I think because their memories are erased and it's something that we kind of see <laughs> It's ironic, right? We see this in future seasons of this show, but we don't see it in season one, and it does this season a disservice because of that, right? It feels like a like a twelve episode long setup for season two because I'm 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 being told that season two is really good, right? But I can't I still can't excuse the problems. And I mean, the, the it shouldn't take here, a whole right? season to set up like an overall plot. Yeah, like I'm sorry. People, it, you know, people in the anime community, they, they drop shit, you know, they drop shows, like, after one or two episodes, right? Some people don't even make it through the first episode if you don't have their attention, right? So, like, I'm sorry, there are very few people with the patience to grind through 12 episodes for for potentially getting better. I want to play you know? devil's advocate, right? Because you mentioned that, okay, we're going to watch season one of Haganai because I really want to talk about season two. Do you, do you see what I mean? But I find so, season one stands on its own. It wasn't, yeah. you know... Okay, that's enough. That's the difference. You raise a good point. You know? And I, into that, I really want to deep dive into these different tropes because you got, like I said, you got the Emoto, which is Elsie. Um, she can't cook. I get it. You know, she's cute and ditzy. And it's like, for the most part, her own life you know, is on the line too. And I think in a way, she sees Kami, came, sorry, Kama as a god, right? She, because she's, she's like, effectively, if she, if he succeeds, he saves her from death, right? So he's basically her salvation. And it, it kind of brings that Kami, Kami-sama 
into it in a bit more detail because effectively her life is in her hands he is playing the role of god whether he likes it or not in multiple different ways and i think it's odd in a way that she's a demon that's one thing i wanted to mention like she doesn't seem like a demon at all i wouldn't have believed it, go it. it goes back to what i said before like there's just no developments for her like worlds for like where she came from like what what is hell in this case exactly it's like is hell like this really cool place because clearly they have cleaning in hell and it's like i don't know it's it seemed weird it's like it's well, like he, the, the author kind of forgot that you know there was a supernatural aspect to yeah his, it, it's it's to his manga it's, after it's, you know after writing a it first first few pages i know it's a little like it, it deviates from like season one talk but for season two the, do they emphasize they build the worlds they in some way they do but i don't necessarily want to talk about season two there's a lot of questions that of are course. explained and i won't necessarily say that but in, in the sense of season one i just want to get an idea of like whether they just forgot about it or they like I, just they they do remember i'll, I'll say this to you joe like the world building happens over another two seasons that's all i'm gonna say okay okay um but in the terms of Elsie as a character and nothing in her character style or even her design kind of screams demon to me she doesn't do anything with any evil or malicious intent and look she does fuck up Kama's dad's life by introducing herself as the in illegitimate dad oh yeah child. <laughs> oh I, I actually I actually remember I just remember that part I love it where it's, she basically calls a divorce for no reason I love how like how nonchalantly she goes about it as well like She's like, yeah, I'm just gonna ruin your dad's life. No big deal, you know. It's hilarious in the sense that she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know her intent. Like her intent wasn't to fuck up his life. Her what? No. Okay, maybe she was just because she's really naive, right? But she's yo, naive and she's can't, simple and she's trying to that, adjust you know, the human life, right? So she, she literally came in saying that she was the illegitimate child from another woman. Yeah, but and she wrote a fake letter to go along with it. Come on, he, you look, can't defend her that. No, no, much. no, I can't. Look, I'll explain why I defend her. It's because how else is she gonna be able to attend same school as Kamisama and live in the same house? Because they're tied to this bond. How is that possible, Kevin? If she doesn't do that, she doesn't have to be a sibling though. She could just, you know. Well, Kevin, you also have to consider she's like from another world. Like whatever we think is like logical, she doesn't think that same way. So she's gonna like say this stuff and then be like not really realize the the meaning behind it. And one other point I want to bring about Elsie is she's very simple in terms of adjusting to human life. It's apparent when she washes with um with Kema, like she's trying to take a bath with Kema because she thinks siblings in Japan do that, but it's it's only true of the very young siblings. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's cuz like if you remember correctly, um she did a lot of research on Japan, but she did it on like you on you ancient know, Japan, and it's it's kind like of warring like, states. You're at Japan. It's kind of know? like the Hatarakumao sama character. I forgot her name. The woman yeah. with like her, the, the girl that wears the kimono in in Mausama. Like it's it's uh it's pretty much the same. Like it's that kind of trope there, to be honest. But oh, I I just want to mention one last thing about Elsie. Her obsession with. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny it's like it's it's so innocent in such a way because it's like her obsession with the idols or the fact that she's making <laughs> friends with some gross old dudes like what the hell <laughs> yeah you know that meme. that was that was amazing you know that meme with with the uh, 
with the guys, and it's just one guy. It was that. It was that kind of meme. Like I felt like that. Like oh my god, oh, I was thinking something yeah. is. You know, you know that meme. Oh right? my god, I felt like that. that. Yes, I know exactly why, what you're talking about. Why are we talking about this on Kunai? I'm sorry. Why? I felt like that. I was like, oh it's my god. It's explicit podcast, Kevin. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want. No, but I, I did feel it was awkward. She just took a picture with these guys. It's like how the hell? What the hell? And I understood why the mom got angry because I was like, what the fuck were you doing? Like. What do you guys think of Elsie? Honestly, like, I already said all I had to say, really, like, and you, you said it as well. She's fucking... I just love the... her expressions, right? She has such a dynamic range of expressions, right? I'm just thinking of that one scene that kind of comes to mind. is where she's, like, crying with her head on her desk, right? And her head's, like, this potato blob shape, right? And it's super cute. They did a superb job at making her really dynamic, you know, expressively and making her really cute and funny and all that, right? And even though, yeah, she is a trope, I never really, you know, got tired of her because, you know, she's really funny, right? Um, it's really her dynamic with Kama that carries the comedic moments of the show, right? So, uh, nothing, like, nothing bad to say about Elsie, really. Like, I, I wish, you know, there was more development with regards to, you know, her sister and stuff, her, you know, Maybe we could find out about her, what it's like being a demon and stuff, outside of the tiny flashbacks that we got in the first season. But um, overall, she's a really likable, and as we saw, a very memeable character, right? So nothing bad to say, really. So I, she was one of the highlights for me, actually. Just It's kind of like, she was kind of, it was wholesome. I'll describe it as that. She was just a very wholesome character. It's because she's so naive, right? I think that's where it stems from. Like even, even when she's literally ripping families apart, right? She doesn't know what she's doing necessarily, right? She's just innocent. Kevin, wouldn't you do the same? <laughs> like, despite that, it's, it's like, I feel like she was there. Like, she, you couldn't really feel bad around her. Like, when she had some screen time, you couldn't really, like, feel any sort of, like, distaste or, like, or negativity towards the show. Feel so happy and sweet on the inside, like, kind of like a cake is being baked in your heart. Aww, that's, that, that's sweet. It was just so sweet how she was, like, learning everything. But, Joe, like, is, is the cake that being, you know, baked in your heart here, like, on a scale of, you know, Betty Crocker box cake to, like, you know, tiramisu, how good is the cake? You know, how good is Elsie's Oreo dream, Oreo Dream Extreme Cheesecake. Oh, from, from oh, Cheesecake Factory? That sounds pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. You I tried that. Uh, I just want to say, I it's, a, it's a great, it's a great Hashtag fucking Hashtag Gelpumai. <laughs> you know, Cheesecake Factory, if you're listening, sponsor me, man. Hell yeah. Sponsor us. No, no, sp no, sponsor Bish and then send me, like, all of your cases of Hell, Oreo Dream Extreme. Yeah, no, no, we don't really have any, you. like, Cheesecake Factories up here, dude. Well, we don't have any in London, but I, I went to Dubai. Oh, my God, man. Cheesecake Factory there is fucking crazy. I, I have one that's uh, not too far from me by train. Okay. Like, it's it's installed in the mall. Yeah. No, okay. No, okay. Look, okay. Thank you for, for bringing me back to reality. But anyway, uh, yeah, LC was just so, like just so sweet so active throughout the show like she she made everything bright and shiny for me to put it in the simplest words possible you can't bring yourself to hate her honestly that's true you'd, speaking you'd about have to be a monster characters that we can hate on came up oh shit wow okay there's not much i can say on him other than the fact that he is basically the npc of this anime he's he's like the main character but he's very 2d no puns intended right well yeah he, he is like 2d kun right 
He's no, he's like literally 2D kun. He no, is. He I, is I, I would, I, I, that I, I would, I would say that 2D kun has more development than Kema, and that that's just saddening to say. I mean, I would say it's saddening. 2D kun was actually kind of like had had he was a, a little interesting some way, but like he was again. I know, what, I know what you mean though. He wasn't like substantial. Yeah, but even he got more development than fucking Kema in my opinion. That's. Kema is the protagonist, man. He's the protag, but he's treated like he's a 2D kun, right? Uh, like I, I mentioned this, Kema isn't the first, nor is he the only 2D kun like trope in anime, right? And I feel that despite him mentioning that he has no interest in 3D girls, he's never had a girlfriend or kissed a girl, so it's like it doesn't make sense. How is he the spark plug? How is he the spark plug that ignites this fuel? How can he transfer this knowledge? onto real life girls like it doesn't it's make only much sense. through uh, tropes as you said it's I mean, true like but i mean like at the same time it's like if i was to do this in real life or if you were to do this in real life kevin you'd probably get punched in the face like let's be real like it's, this doesn't happen i'm not saying the anime is supposed to be realistic but come on it's like how are you expected to to, to make these girls easily fall in love like is there something else that's on his side is Elsie but, using but that's that's actually magic? a thing though. I never felt like any of them did fall in love with him, right? Because even though Elsie says, you know, oh, you have to win their hearts, whatever. I always felt that this is more like, you know, just them coming to terms with their past. You and think shit. it's basically like this persona situation? Persona. They need to yeah. come up with. Yeah, I, I feel stuff. like it's a it's it's like a poor man's persona. It's like shitty persona. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that, but that's basically what it is, man. Especially the yeah, you're not. Me. I, I I mentioned Risei before, right? This is like shitty persona. I'm sorry, but the, the thing is, like, Kama, he he ain't no you Narukami, man. Oh, he but he player. is. He I did mention it here actually. I said. Where did I, I actually wrote it down. I wrote down his new Narukami somewhere in my notes. No, but he's he doesn't have any of the charm or anything, right? That, no, no, that bitch. I I I have no idea how you're going to explain this. Uh, okay, his name is Yu Narukami, right? Kami means God, okay. right? Kami-sama. Oh okay. my God, you're fucking, you're grasping at straws here. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here, but it, it, going back to that poor man's persona, he is the poor man's Yunark. Come on, yeah. He's got the he's got the glasses. He's got the kind of similar hairstyle, you know. The sh it's a shame too because he's actually like really smart throughout the show. But like he, but he like puts it all in front of like a like a two D facade. Well, I mean not really a facade. It's like it's kind of legit how he feels. But I I do admit I like the fact that he's incredibly smart. To the point where he can just continue playing Galge without like even paying attention in class and getting hundred percent. That's what I love that because like that that one teacher who like that's what his name is, it, the guy. It was Kodama. It, Ichi, his name is Ichiro Kodama. I hated him. He was like the worst character. You know, his face, in that his show face for me. looked like a puckered asshole. Like that's what it looked like. <laughs> It just hated when he like interjected, and then it felt so good when like when uh, Ka Katsuragi was like like he was just playing his games while he was doing well, and then he just like the teacher got really pissed and like yeah you 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 take it man, you 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 show him. But you know what? I, I think that we should get on to you know the the love interest now because I've been dying to hear your opinions on them right because Bish you've been teasing us with Mio right Joe I don't know what you think about Shiori right like. What characters stand out to you here among the love interests? I mean, I, I kind of already explained it throughout the mm -hmm. throughout the uh, 
the episode so far, but you know, like the question I wanted to ask earlier, actually, you know, you say that Shiori is interesting to you, is relatable to you, because you can retreat into your world of games, right? But she, you know, she retreats into her world of of books in of her books, case, yeah. Um, and you can relate to her, you know, social issues and stuff, right? Her anxieties and all that. You find her very human. Um, yes. But my question for you, Joe, is Kama as the same issues. Why? Why do you not relate to Kama? What makes you relate to Shuri but not Kama? Because in my mind, they both fa- they're in similar positions, right? Except Kama, obviously, uh, you know, he's a he's an outcast, but you know, he doesn't have the same problems necessarily. But you know, I want to see them being so similar, right? Being so. I mean, I can't. I don't really see them as similar. Though. That's the thing. Like, I, I found them to be very different. Because both of them have their they they retreat into their own worlds, right? They kind of reject society and stuff, right? Well, yeah, but like Kama kind of rejects it because of like a specific ideology, like um, like she like Shio like rejected society because it was like it was too much for well, her. Well, to be honest, we don't necessarily know with Kama why he rejects that ideology. It's not necessarily expressed. Well, that's true, but then that then at that point we're kind of saying that Shio and Kama are essentially the same character and I can't really like sit well with that because mm, like okay. it's like I felt Shio was like more genuine with like how she expressed her feelings and Kama is also very clear cut on his, you know, his opinions. He's very clear cut, but for like the opposite reasons, I'd say. And what do you mean by opposite reasons? It's just like he. I mean, actually, I don't want to say opposite reasons. It's like horrible way of wording it because, like, again, we I don't really know what Kama's past, but I just it it was he was honest in a very obnoxious way. I guess that's one way. I guess that's one way to describe it. All right. So it's it's more so their their personalities that uh, differentiate them. Yeah, in your mind. like just okay. the personalities and the way they talk. Like it, it just, because I mean, like on like on, let me like diverge from uh, from the world. God only knows for one second. In Steins Gate, like Okabe is very Chunibio, and yeah, I still think of him as like one of like the best characters in the show because eventually he puts down that Chunibio facade in order to like focus on like a very a very tough dilemma. Okay. Well, I don't want to say dilemma, more of like just to kind of solve a a very grave situation that involves uh like that that could cost like that could cost the life of somebody dear to him. I don't right. want to spoil anything for this of course, but like it's just it's like I love characters like that who are like they have a they like they show some sort of personality, but like they show a personality for the sit because of like something else. Yeah, well, I mean, now that you mention it, I, I do find that, you know, perhaps genuine wasn't the right word to use here, but I, I do find that um, Shiori is more believable as a character, right? Yes, um, yes. Whereas, you know, Kama feels like a meme, right? His obsession with the, with games and stuff is, you know, constantly the butt of jokes and stuff. And, you know, Shiori is mocked as well, right? She has her funny moments because of her, yes. you know, disability. Well, not her disability, but, you know, her inability to to express herself and stuff, right? But, yeah, I do sympathize with Shiori a, a lot more because it feels like, you know, more serious, right? They handle it in a more serious manner than with Kama, I guess. Yes, it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more mature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know... She's an archetype, but she's an archetype that you could, you know, totally meet in a real school. Whereas Kama, I find, is just a bit too over the top, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And now you, Bish, about Mio. Oh, Mio. We haven't really talked about Mio at all, have we? 
This is your time to shine. I want to put this out there, right? With Mio, yeah. I, I felt so sorry for Mio. Like, I kind of know how it feels to lose a dad. I, I know coming from a wealthy family to, to living life paycheck to paycheck, her story really hit home to me. And I think that said, she is a Sundara and it's like, and, and she's also a Himedere, like meaning that she has this princess complex and she feels like people been up beneath her and that everyone's a commoner, do you know what I mean? So I think she can be considered to have these daddy issues, but I think more so that it's... That was her entire character though. Let's be real, that was her entire fucking character. Yeah. <laughs> it's more so that she doesn't want to come to terms that her dad's dead. And I think it's that's why she doesn't want to burn incense for him in the shrine. And Oh, yes, yeah, so I, I can see why that relates to you. So because I remember you mentioning that on the uh, My Hero Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like that sort of thing. It's like she doesn't want to... to to, to leave that memory behind uh she she doesn't want to have memories of him she just wants to do you see what i mean not like have she wants to have him, him there yeah she wants yeah. to have him there as opposed to have memories of him so i i kind of relate to her and also i, I before we kind of get into your serious point i want to meme a little bit remember in syd uh suzu chan be more specific suzu chan in syd suzu hagimura from syd oh. the, the girl with the twin tails and she's short and everything she's a spitting image of her they're one and the same effectively they're the same character trope honestly i liked suzu more honestly not gonna lie because i can see why you relate to that character right but for me uh i really couldn't and let's be real here all right even if you could relate to, to that character i think there are other characters in anime that are more fleshed out more well developed than mio right that handle the whole the whole topic of loss of a family member, of grief and stuff, a whole lot better than Mio, right? Because I'm not trying to shit on Mio, right? Because I think this more or less applies to practically every single character, bar maybe Kenon a little bit. Um, they, they're just really two-dimensional because, you know, let's see, Mio, her character development starts and ends with daddy issues. For Kenon, it's right, you know, she's like, Risei Light, you know, Risei Trial version. Risei Light? Re yeah, she's, she's like the no-name no no, 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 brand no, no, no. Re of Risei, vitals, Risei you know? Max, man, like Pepsi Max. <laughs> diet Risei. There you go, Diet Risei. Why would you drink Diet? It just tastes like liquid sugar. Why would you like Mio? She's like, you know, Risei bit shittier. Or no. Oh. Sorry, no, that, that'd be canon, but... Oof. Kevin, it's, it's very interesting that you get confused with all the characters. It, it kind of... Because, listen, I don't really give a shit about no, but that's a lot what of I'm the saying. characters It, it here, shows right? how how little we care about these characters. The fact that we can't even remember their names properly. I don't, I'll, I'll be real with you. I don't remember their, na their names because I honestly, in my head, the way I see it is... I see it as girl number one, girl number two, and girl number three. And girl number one, I remember her because she's the Himidere, the rich girl, right? daddy issues number two number two is poor man's risei because she has trouble reconciling her idol self and her real self girl number three is the typical you know uh dandere i just want to i just want to mention that there's four four girls that were conquested in ayumi doesn't count she doesn't count no she doesn't no what, she's, no she's she, like demo she doesn't exist she's a demo, the demo. she's like <laughs> silent hills if silent hills were shit or you no know, pt you know She's like a glimpse of a character. She doesn't even get, you know, she doesn't deserve to be called a character. She was there for one episode, man. She did fucking nothing. 
I'm sorry. She's basically the demo character. That's she's like in Honey Pop, right? the first girl that Fuck, you meet. I would I would rather you know that girl from the the glitched painting game be a character <laughs> than Ayumi. The glitched right? painting game. Yeah, at least with the, with with that character, right? You get to feel for her, right? Because she's stuck in the game, and you know you feel. I don't. You don't feel anything for Ayumi because you don't fucking think of her. You know, you. F I honestly forgot that she was there, like after two episodes. Did we see her afterwards? I don't think we did. We do. We do see her afterwards. Cause she's in class and shit. But, no, like, is that is that do Ayumi? Anything. I don't think that was Ayumi. That's I, I that's, that's Ayumi. That's Ayumi. No, that's Ayumi. Are you sure? Yeah, that's yeah. that's Ayu that's yeah, that's Ayumi. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a completely different character, to be honest. No, no. Also, can we can we just take a moment to talk about the fact that once uh, her arc was resolved, like nobody bad in eyes of the fact that she faked her injury and it went out running. She didn't fake her injury though, did she? Yeah, she did. She did. Oh shit. Okay. See that that's I don't even remember that because it's so fucking forgettable. All I remember about her is she's the track and field girl and that. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to think of what I remember from her character. She's track and field, and that she won the competition, right? And that's how, you know, the Lucille, uh was, you know, exercised. That, that's it. That's literally all I remember from Ayumi, because she does fuck all, right? But sorry, sorry for going on the rant there. It's just... No, it's good, because she she is a character that we do need to discuss in that sense. Um... Because she is around. Okay, can can we get to uh, favorite least favorite characters? Because I'm on a I'm on a roll right now. I, I have to continue. All right, cool. All right, my, I think my favorite character is Canon, right? And I can't even say it's my favorite wait, character wait, wait, actually. Wait, what did you say? Canon. What your your favorite or least favorite character? Okay. And uh, hear, hear me out here. All right, favorite is kind of a strong word because like she she's all right. You know, she's like cold pizza. You know, so like cold pizza is better than no pizza, but like. It's still Kevin? meh. Kevin? Can I just say something to you? Cold pizza is better than warm pizza. No, get the fuck out of here, man. No. No, cold pizza is shit, man. You have to eat it hot. You heathen. Yeah, yeah, when you're hungry like a, a starving peasant, of course you don't care, but if you've got the time, man, you have to heat it up. No, Kevin, right? sometimes I order the, the, the pizza hot and then leave it in the fridge for the next day and eat it. That's what I do. Get, get out of here. I'm sorry. No, damn you. Oh, he got sent to the corner of shame. <laughs> I know it's sacrilegious. Yeah, but... and, and you know what? You eat, you probably eat like fucking cold Domino's pizza. Like that That's tastes what like it is, man. Cold Domino's. And you have no self-respect, Bish. I, I can't believe. I don't. Anyways, um, maybe you like Kenon because she's cold pizza. But I, I'm using that as, you know, not really an insult, but it's just the reason why she's my favorite character it's not really because she's a great character in her own right. It's just like the other characters are just so bad. <laughs> She's basically like the like the, the one down the list. Like he went down the list. It's like, okay, this character sucks. This character sucks. She's the only one that stuck out the most. That's basically how I chose my, my favorite character here, right? Because... Okay, she's the only one that actually has this supernatural aspect to her that makes it interesting, right? Her, she, she might actually fade away, right, if Kima doesn't get to her in time and stuff, right? So that puts on the pressure. You, you know, Kevin, I do want to kind of agree with you, but I think when I first watched this, my my favorite character was indeed Elsie. I think it's because she was a good source of comedic relief, and she wasn't a punching bag of jokes. But I, 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 I I'm talking about um, love interest here, right? Elsie is also a great character, but just here, um, I was talking about you know characters and the way that they were developed, right? More like I was taking them seriously because I've already established that you know I I like the show as a comedy. It works great as a comedy, but 
the romantic part here, the serious part. I think Kenon is the only one that really gets it sort of right because, you know, again, the supernatural aspect, right? There's the pressure, there's a race against time, right? So already two of the things that Joe and I mentioned that are an issue with the show are kind of resolved with Kenon. Um, and also, you know, just, I, I guess I just like the way that they tackled Risei in Persona 4 and I was like, you know what, they, they, an attempt was made to, to live up to that, you know? Um, so that's why I, I find that she's the best, right? She's kind of like... She's the best of a bad situation, basically. She's the best of a bad situation. You know, she's kind of like the cheese pizza slices at a party, right? Like nobody actually wants it, but you know, if there's that's the, if it's the only slice left, right? If you had to choose between that and a vegetarian, you're like, fuck it, I'll just take the cheese slice. And that that's what she is. She's like the cold cheese slice of pizza that's left on the table. Wait, wait, you know? wait. compare what... that to ve vegetarian pizza is quite good, by the way. That's one that that assumes everyone else was like enjoyed though. That's true. That's like if the <laughs> that's like if the pizza delivery man. <laughs> went to your door with one slice of cold cheese pizza right um okay so i i do have to agree with you but for different reason i think i like her mainly because she is that source of music and such so i it's not a it's not a it's a very superficial reason to like a character and to say that she's my favorite character but that's because she's a very superficial character to be all of them are to begin with so i'm kind of forced into doing that and i, I feel dirty for doing it. Okay, wow. Uh, Joe, who's your favorite character? Uh, Although, I, I guess it's Shiori, right? Would to be yes. correct? And <laughs> I mean, it, it's weird because, like, a tenden I have a tendency of saying, like, the best girl is also my favorite characters because normally when I choose the best girl, it's because they stuck out to me a lot compared to, uh, like, the other characters. Like, not just because, oh, like, they were adorable just because, oh, they look pretty. It's, it's like, they, like, they actually had, like, some sort of quality because of uh, that like made them like that made that resonated with me the most mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah like even like it's only for like the most part but it's, even then it's still kind of like a tendency so that aside um we already mentioned with elsie right her design being really distinct and stuff but other than elsie uh what do you guys have to say about the character design was there anything that stuck out to um, you or it was pretty bland mainly because for the most part all the characters were in their school uniforms <laughs> So it was just like, oh man, costumes are pretty similar and um, it was kind of, yeah, even the character design was simplistic and, and quite tropey. You got the twin tails and that uh, you have the the girl with the with the kind of bangs and, you know, all in all, it wasn't the best character design, I'll say that. Yeah, I think Elsie is the only one that stands out as being and, you know, cute. And, and the mum. I wouldn't even go that far, honestly, because even she's a trope, you know, of the of the super tough, the, like, the mom that looks nice, but is actually, like, you know, has a really tough past. She's Sawako from Kaon, basically, that's what she is. I guess, yeah. But, yeah, it's a sh even the, Kama, Kama, oh my god, I, I guess it was their intention to, to make him look normal, but he's just... He's like white noise, you know? I can't really distinguish him from the other characters, you know? He's not striking in, in his design, he's, he's unfortunately. He's basically the typical 2D kun. He, he has a very similar design to 2D. That's exactly it, yeah. He's your, he has like the 2D kun haircut as well, you know? He's like your, your run-of-the-mill, you know, Japanese dude with glasses. It's just, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you guys said. It, I felt like I was looking at the same... When I was like recalling the, uh, the show after watching it, I feel like I was like remembering the same character over and over because each design just kind of felt very simplistic. And all I could really remember 
remember were the colors, honestly. Like, the- like, other than that, like, the outfits didn't really stick out, like, they all looked very generic, very, like, normal. I'll, I'll be honest with you, at least it wasn't like- I, I don't- I'm not sure if I mentioned it in Haganai, right, where- I, You know, I think it was Haganai or a different anime where you can swap the- the characters' hairstyles and their faces look all the same. At least in this anime, the faces don't look the same, so... Yeah. On a similar note, I want to know what you guys think about art style, right? Because even the character design, you know, you already established that, okay, it's not the best. Um, I actually had to have a little bit to say about the way that the art style was done. Because um, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I'm a pretty big fan of Manglobe, right? They're known for really good art, right? In my opinion, at least. Of course. I'm thinking yeah. of Samurai Champloo, right? That, if that shows anything, it shows that they are capable of fucking amazing art, amazing animation, right? Gangsta um, looks really good too. Gangsta as well, right? Even though the ending was kind of disappointing, the art in their shows is always, you know, top notch, right? So, um, going into the world God Only Knows, I was like, okay, I can expect some really um, good shit, detailed backgrounds and all that. Um, but honestly, from the first episode, I noticed I I was kind of disappointed because I noticed the backgrounds, right, in the school hallways and stuff, uh, the parks and all that. Uh, they don't have that much detail. It honestly feels like they took stock photos and just you know kind of well, kind of kind of like a VN, like a like a VN. You know, I don't know if I don't even know if this was intentional. I don't think it was honestly. I don't think it is, but I, I feel like I'm defending Manglobe. I just feel so bad for Manglobe at this point. That I'm trying to defend them. I can't recognize Manglobe in this, right? I can't believe that this is Manglobe, right? Because the Manglobe that I know has a lot of attention to detail, right? Minute things like the background, the shading, the coloring, um, the animation is always super slick and stuff, right? But even here, some of the the characters themselves feel like they're missing lines, right? Like, I noticed from the first episode that when within certain shots, when they're like panning down to their pants or their shoes, right? Um, there aren't many lines, right? There's just the contour, right? And there's like one or two basic lines, right? To tell you, oh, hey, this is a shoe or this is, this is his pant leg, right? Um, it, it feels like somebody just draw the contour of clothing and then just like use uh, the fill option and yeah. MS Paint. You know, that's a bit hard. I mean, I, I, to, in all fairness, it's like it was one of their earlier works, so I would it probably it's probably just a matter of like the, the experience just wasn't there at the time. No, because they, they did Ergo Proxy before this and stuff, right? So it they did great stuff before this, right? And even Chamurai Champloo was before, no? I'm not sure, but you know, just like if it's the same studio, right? Unless what <laughs> they replaced uh, the entire studio, a la Infinity Ward, right? I don't see what sort of explanation there is for this drop in in detail, right? Um, I, I kind of felt that they were going for Kyoani, um, in a way because there are with the romantic scenes. Sometimes there's just like lots of fucking sparkles and shit, right? So I was like, maybe they're going this dip in qualities because they're you know. They're trying something new, right? They're going for a romantic comedy, which I don't think they they're really known for, right? So Kevin, I take I, I exactly no, I I take what I just said back. I just searched it up. Samurai Champloo was 2004, 2005. Yeah, this is and this is after 2010. Yeah, that's interesting. Th that's what perplex yeah perplexed me because um, Samurai Champloo, Orgo Proxy, or before this, and 
you know, they were great. And you can't say that, oh, maybe Manglove was just in, in decline because Gangsta came out, is like their last show and it came out after the world God only knows. So it's like, I don't know why there was some, this sudden dip for this Gangsta one show. Gangsta was probably like, they were putting in their last efforts into that because they knew it was their last show. I think that some part of me thought that maybe, maybe. but I I'm just confused, man. Like I'm disappointed, but I'm mainly just confused because like they're a normally a great studio, right? So you don't know why that same level of quality you know, is present. You know what there. I think is, it plays a lot of uh, thing into this is the production team. Not production team, is it called the... What is that team that deals with the funding of the show and all that, like sponsors and stuff? I think the management team. <laughs> no, there was it was a specific name. Tyson always used to say it a lot. Was it production team? I think it's production team, right? Feel that they they done this to kind of more so promote the game that was coming out because the game came out straight away. Um, not only that, it was I don't know how to explain it. I feel like it was rushed for for another reason. I don't know what the reason is, but it just felt. Oh, okay, okay. I I kind of see what you're saying though. I see your point, but. You know, that aside, were there any moments that stood out to you and made you notice the, the art for better or for worse? I don't know. I really, I don't know really. Um, you mentioned these kind of Kiwani sparkly kira kira moments. Yeah, I noticed those. I noticed that- like they, they tried to emulate it. Yeah, they I'm tried to. It's, like the it's not level, the best, right? but, but it's- it, but they've done it in a comedic way. I find it's it's great. I, I like the chibi artwork that they do of the characters, and like I said, the end yeah, the end yeah. cards are really nice. Like the comedic moments are definitely well done, right? Both in in art and animation, right? Um, I, I find that uh, the lines, the fluidity of the lines, the chibi characters and their movements are very fluid, right? And the you know the detail on the expressions, right, during uh, comedic moments, right in the chibi characters is really well done, right? So the com comedy aspect um, is really good. It's just the rest of the time, I just wish it was up to that same standard. I can't say that it is, unfortunately. More so, I kind of want to talk about the music in the show, because uh, we kind of talked about the animation style and, and the art style and such. The To me, in like opening and ending, or do you want to go on about the canon? Yeah, I want to start on with opening and ending and then other music as well. Do you guys know about the OP? Because what do you guys think about it? I didn't really, I mean, I like the visuals. The visuals, like, I, the visuals are very colorful. Like the, the animation, like when they were like going through the whole like digital world in the beginning, and then they kind of transition to more like visual aspects of it, like the, like with the, uh, I guess it was uh, Katsuragi like acting as God. That's that's a very interesting thing that you bring up because the opening for the show is is it's called God Only Knows. It's called God Only Knows Oratorio, uh, and I'm not sure if you guys know what an Oratorio is. I kind of did some research on it, but it's it's basically like a, you know, like a ballad. It's like a story that like that is told through song this is basically what it is like okay so it's a story that's told through song and it's usually it is done by a soloist and a orchestra and a choir and it's usually a religious theme so it, it's it's kind of from what i remember a lot of churches used to use that to explain like stories from the bible and whatever so it's it's got that religious theme to it like oh, oh, oh. you know what i mean like you get that oh yeah I, yeah I, I yeah i know i, what you I mean. wanted to mention like the OP, the full OP is eight minutes long and it, it's yeah, a journey. No, like I clicked on your link and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I, dude, it's like my favorite shit ever. Like the, the fact that it's all in English, which it's, it's English, but I mean, it's it's really refreshing <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, no, it, it's, I like that you mentioned that because um, while listening to the opening, right? I was like, I could understand certain words, right? But then like the next line, I wouldn't 
fucking understand what she was saying. So I was like, is the entire thing in English or just certain parts in English? Or is it just is the whole thing in English? I didn't know until I clicked on your YouTube link that the entire song was in English, right? Because it had subtitles. And I was like, there's no way I would have understood this shit without it's subtitles. It's quite nice, though. It's like the, the way that you have the electro and then the, it, it kind of leads into the whole choir song. And it's like, it, there's the multiple layers. It's weird. It's weird. Well, um, I, I liked it, personally. I mean, I'm not saying it is a bad thing, actually. Because um, I say it's weird, but... You know, when you listen to it, it just kind of pulls you in. You can't really tell why, but it pulls you in, right? It's not the it's not the most hype-inducing OP like uh, you know MHA. It's not the catchiest, but I found that it was strangely calming. You know what it is? It's it's that religious what? undertone to it. Like I find that it's that it's it, I felt that I was in a like I'm not even a Catholic, right? I felt that I was in like this Catholic church, like there was choir, but like I felt like I was in a church. It was it's very sweet. It's weird, right? Because I'm not used to that, and the fact that Kama is referred to as God, right? He he thinks of himself as this God of conquering girl, like 2D girls, right? So the fact that he's referred to as that, and then the imagery that is in the OP itself, the the angels, and then it's him in the middle, like <laughs> it it all matches in this weird way, and I like it. It's really refreshing. It's what, what's your favorite well. moment, though? What, what do you mean? Because for me, in the song? my favorite moment, because you, you'll you'll notice that, like you said, it's not. It's kind of weird because it doesn't stay consistent, right? There are like different phases to you, the song. You know right? what my favorite phase of the song is when they the bit when they're like in the world that keeps on changing. It's really funny because it's actually my least my favorite part. My heart of it. is in aching. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite bit. Like I love, and then the way it goes into God only knows. No, that that's my favorite part right there. The the you know the the operatic you know God only knows yeah, and it's that, repeating that's over and over. That, it made me feel like I was in a church. Like I was like, whoa, what's going on? You know that that I really liked, but it was that one part when like her voice like suddenly became very high pitched. I didn't like that. Okay, I I enjoyed it. I find the transition was odd, but it was it worked. But seriously, no, it's um the fact that even if you watch the original OP for it, the eight minute long thing, it starts off in such a weird way. It's it's robotic and then it changes from robotic to kind of more humanized. It's it's really weird. And I know that there's some sort of back story to it, but I don't know what it is exactly. But it, it's, it's really intriguing. I want to kind of also talk about the ending. I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but each arc had its own unique ending in the sense that the character that's in that arc was the one that was singing so in canon's arc it was her singing i, I did notice that in you know shiori's arc it was shiori singing so it, i'm not sure i didn't notice this the first time around but the second time around i did notice it i found it was pretty cool and and let's i also want to mention the artwork that was in the background <laughs> it was pretty satisfying to the end i think the ending sequence stood out more showcasing the the characters and their kind of quote-unquote love for Kema. at first i didn't understand while they were playing with the paint because i didn't i was like why is this some sort of weird foot fetish thing like i i got so yeah. confused but then it, there was that payoff in the end when it was just this picture of Kema and he's not smiling and i'm like what the fuck i, I found <laughs> it was kind of hilarious like the expression that they decided to draw him in it was it was hilarious i found it was it was just all too funny and it, it kind of made me feel warm inside when i saw that picture of came i was like oh that's so cute like for me i think it's the the animation of the ending i prefer and the music of the opening that i 
I liked more. Both are really good. They're, they're both pretty solid. Uh, but I found that the, you know, the ending probably fit the show a bit more, you know, it fits the romantic aspect of it, you know, it's, it's simple, but it's cute and really catchy, right? And it's all just satisfying. It comes together very well. Whereas the opening, as good as it is, um, I found that it didn't really fit, honestly. It didn't really fit with the show. Because, you know, you and I, Bish, we really like the whole, uh, the, the, operatic aspect of it right you feel like you know he's actually a god and stuff but um you know with the harpsichord in the background and the opera scene it feels so dramatic right it's, it's serious it's melancholic right but the show isn't like that <laughs> for the most part I, I really can't say it feels like an opening for like you know uh, a crime thriller or something you know or you know this 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 great epic I'd say that it was more of like an opening not for the show, but an opening for like Katsuragi specifically. Just to kind of like symbolize that he thought of himself as like this so higher you being. you felt that it was an ego boost for him? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but it's a shame that he isn't anywhere as interesting as he, you know, is portrayed to be in the opening. In the first season anyways, you know. Can't comment on the second season because I haven't watched it yet, but... Overall, pretty solid. Pretty, pretty solid. Pretty solid. I, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Um, I, yeah, there's nothing you know. I'd say to take away from the OP or ED. Right? They're both really nice. The music, though. The the rest of the music, the OST within the show. Um, I I want to talk about what was it? Oh, I can't remember what. It, oh yeah, yeah. You know, there was some kind of themes that weren't. They didn't really stick out too much, but there was one one bit when he's like, I shall explain, and then that, that kind of song kind of got in my mind a lot. Um, the thinking music, I like to call it. Every anime <laughs> has this for some reason. Any Every comedy anime has that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, no. But honestly, in in the world God only knows, it's it fits very well, but I think that they actually nailed the, the visual novel part of it because there's this one... There's this one song, bitch, that now that you bring it up, makes it made me think of uh, Virtue's Last Reward. It made me think of one of the background musics to uh, VLR when you're solving a puzzle, right? So they did a pretty damn good job of, you know, recreating uh, visual novel style music in a show, you know? Mm. Do you think that that is kind of goes hand in hand because they were developing the game at the same time? I don't know if they, they use the, the game's music, but again, you know, since they're going for that aesthetic, for that feel in the show overall, you know, with the flags and stuff, the structure of their arcs and all that, um, it's one of the things that they do well, where the visual novel aspect of it doesn't harm the show, unlike the, the way that the arcs are organized. Another thing I want to mention is the canon music. That's like... Oh my god. Again for the third time. <laughs> Again for the third time. I just briefly I want to mention it. All for you, really good song. I I me idol, that's a, also a good song. Uh Happy Happy Crescent. Basically all of her songs it, are good and songs. And I, I have to say her even her OP or her ending music was so much better as well because it was very like electro. It was more upbeat. It was really nice. I just I just find her mu her music made me a fan. I want to be one of those creepy guys that have those those canon jackets. Please don't, please don't I want to be one of those yeah, guys. It's... Like <laughs> you know the guy with the mustache, the the really old one. Well, like the, the 70 year old yeah, dude I, in the pink kimono. I, I, That's a huge I, fan. I want to be that guy because of because of canon. <laughs> 
no but seriously i've become a canon fan like i'm i'm literally i'm listening to those if i want to feel happy i'll listen to to canon like it's it's a weird effect but i i understand the appeal of idols i never did before but now i do because of canon because of canon canon made me see the Damn. light he's realized how beautiful 2d idols are it is what it is and it, and it didn't take kama to convince me either so mm-hmm. I mean, why do you think he likes nico so much uh, no N- nico's for a different reason but we'll get on to that if we ever cover uh love light uh, <laughs> i think we mentioned our gripes and grumbles but is there any other points that you want to oh i have one specifically one the finale I, I wanted to forget that. Finale. Why do you have to remind me of that? So shit? much. What What did you not like about it? Was it the fact that it was basically everything? <laughs> it was so like off-putting and out of place. No, but bitch. Not instead of asking us what's wrong with it, I want you to defend it. No, tell I'm me. Not, tell me why not, it's a good ending. I'm not saying it's a good. I'm not saying it's a good ending by any means. Like I don't, I don't like the ending, but I mean. It's not that memorable as an ending goes, but I want to know why you didn't like. You don't put filler in an in a yeah. A like, what finale. the fuck, man? <laughs> it was memorable, but it was memorable because I was like, why the fuck would they put? Why would they put fucking filler? I was like, wait, well, this is a joke, right? Um, maybe there's a thirteenth episode that I forgot about. You know, maybe. Do you know what I think it was? I think that they weren't gonna be greenlit for a second season, so hence why they didn't do like a like um. What do you say? A cliffhanger between seasons, right? Yeah, but they couldn't even do a good. That was like shit filler, honestly. The if I remember correctly, the entire episode was him trying to catch up on games, and that was it. That was literally it. Okay, uh, Bish, if you want, if you want a more serious answer, like when I was watching it, I didn't really see how it was relevant. Like, why was it included in the first place? Was it for laughs? Was it to kind of see something about his character? But like, I, Joe, like it wasn't this, very is, this is me. why I was so confused as, as to why you liked episode four so much, the first filler, because in my mind, all the fillers were the same, you know? The big difference here is it was used in a way that was supposed to end the show. And like, I don't understand their like, why idea. Why they decided it. to... It's they, like, I like yeah. I, I liked the idea of like... Should they have ended the show on another conquest? Like, how do you think? I feel, no, I feel like they should have just ended it at 11, honestly. Yeah, I know. I was under the impression, Bish, because I knew it was 12 episodes, right? Um, when I started episode 9, right, uh, Shiori's arc, I was like, okay, maybe Shiori's a bit different um, since, I, I guess since there's only four episodes left, right? They're not going to do three episodes on her and then put a filler in the end, right? That's ridiculous. So, th- no sane person would do that, right? That's... That's so dumb. They wouldn't do that. So I guess Shiori's gonna be split over four episodes instead of three episodes like the other girls. But nope. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, I I liked I liked the idea of I I like the fact that they kind of they developed his like 2D god of conquest persona like a little more with that. However, it was done in a way that was just out of place and didn't really have a good transition. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, apparently, interesting fact for you guys, my flatmate, the one who watched this with me, um, because the ending was so unexpectedly, you know, upsetting and just disappointing, there were people who at the time when they were watching it while it aired, thought that maybe Kima had died at the end. He'd what actually died. Like he, he died and, yeah, and went Yeah, because people couldn't believe that the ending was actually that shit, so they were reading it. They were just like making shit up, right? They couldn't believe that they would just end it on a filler. So like maybe it's a really dark twist ending and what? he actually died. How do they think that? Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how someone would even assume 
because like he, he's worked to the point of ex exhaustion right so yeah he was exhausting himself he was like on the verge of starvation yeah no he, he was on the verge of like collapse dude in the end but it was all for comedic effects right he didn't actually die obviously so you have a second season third season but it was just so like it was like the the rotten cherry on top of the season you know where it was like it wasn't even that funny it didn't contribute to the plot. We don't find about more about Elsie and even about Kema, right? This is, sorry, I'm going on to rant again, where it's like, okay, for the first filler, I guess you wanted to explore Kema's God of Conquest aspect more, even though they mention it all the time. Okay, whatever. One, one bad filler isn't going to ruin the show. And then they do it again. Like in why? the finale. <laughs> in the finale. Like you've already covered this. How does this, how does this new filler tell us anything new it doesn't the problem isn't that they were doing it again the problem was they were doing it as a form of conclusion that just doesn't make sense R no like regardless it, both aspects of that just kind of ticked me off because it's like okay um not only is it bad as a finale because it makes you know it makes no sense to end with a filler and secondly if you're you are going to do it with a filler at least make it a good filler on something we haven't seen yet but they it, there's like no redeeming qualities to that episode. There's like fucking nothing, you know? Uh, honestly, uh, if you're listening here, I would honestly tell you, if you want to recommend The World God Only Knows to, to anyone, just tell them to end at episode 11. They'll be less disappointed and they'll be more hyped up for season two. But going into that, would you, first of all, would you want to see a second season? And secondly, would you recommend the show? Because personally for me, when I was watching it originally, I didn't necessarily want to see a second season. It was actually Daniil that told me, Bish, you have to watch second season. So I kind of felt obliged to watch the second season. I wasn't necessarily excited to watch the second season only because of how it ended and the show in general, but I was, I felt obliged to watch the second season and I don't regret it. For me, honestly, um, my opinions kind of changed b before when I just finished the show, right? When the credits rolled on the final episode, I was, I actually got up and I was like, what? Right? Cause I couldn't believe that, you know, they just pulled that shit. Right? So I, it was a clear cut. No, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to watch a second fucking season. If they give us these bullshit fillers and these same, you know, shallow characters again. And if Kama's not going to involve, evolve and if, if Elsie's not gonna evolve and it's gonna be the same shit over and over, I'm not gonna watch it, right? But apparently, um, uh, what I've been told by my roommate is in the second season, the dynamic changes, right? Where uh, the girls suddenly get their memories back or whatever. I don't know if this is true, but if that's the that case, if they actually, okay. If, if they do, you know, fix the mistakes they made in season one and there are new developments in the story to mix things up a little bit, then maybe it's, I'm, I'm not at a yes, but maybe if I have some extra time to kill, right, and there aren't any other shows I don't want to get to, then perhaps I'll give it a shot. But just, again, like Joe said earlier in the episode, man, um, it doesn't take 12 episodes to set up a universe, right? It, it doesn't, right? I'm, I'm fine with, you know, okay to good first seasons, but I don't know. Overall, I felt that this is, it felt mediocre, you know? Uh, the... Mo they had lots of great funny moments but other than that you know the comedic aspects can't compensate for all of the you know bland characters the you know just the terrible organization of the the story arcs right? even though if once again it's not entirely the studio's fault um just that fact makes it hard to 
to recommend even you know i, I don't see why you know for the co for the comedy i could go watch nishu if i wanted to you know explore the whole lost souls sort of deal not go watch persona or play persona you know that does it a lot better you know because frankly i was waiting the entire season for an interesting dynamic between the lost Wait, souls where does persona have lost souls though no, but I've, it's not doesn't have lost souls, but it deals with the same topic more or less, you know, with facing your inner demons and shit, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. But yeah. with lost souls, right? It, they never—I don't want to sound like a broken record—but they never really expanded upon it, right? The only time you actually see the ghosts is at the very end, when before they get captured, right? I was expecting something clever or something, you know, a nice twist where maybe. Uh, you know, a ghost was actually interacting with one of the girls, right? Like talking to them or whatever, trying to get them to do bad things, you know. Uh, but they never mixed up the dynamic in the first season, which is my problem, right? So again, it's hard to say that, you know, I want to watch the second season 100% after uh, my taste of season one. And it's also hard to recommend this to anyone because I feel that it doesn't excel at any one thing, right? There's, I can always find one, think of at least a show that does something better than it in every aspect, whether that's comedy, whether that's uh, the romantic aspect, whether that's, you know, it's uh, in a monster of the week type format, right? It's it's not even a jack of all trades because it, it just feels very normal and mediocre. It's pretty much just doing too much at once and it fails to succeed in one thing. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't, stand out right much like ayumi and a lot of of its characters in the first season i think that season one is forgettable honestly i it sounds harsh but it's not going to be on my list of you know recommended shows unfortunately so i am interested in seeing the uh i would recommend this well i want to start with that first i would recommend i i would recommend it but only because like you'd want to have the context before going into the other seasons because on its own, I feel like season one suffers from a lot of issues. It has its moments, I won't deny that. It is good fun at a lot of times, and it has some very nice story story points. But overall, like it, it what it succeeded in, it also lacked in. Uh, so I would want somebody. I would recommend it, but only, I would only recommend it like at, like I would only recommend the series as a whole, not the se first season specifically. Oh, so you've you've watched the other seasons? No, no, I, I haven't seen the other seasons. I mean, like that's assuming I, I was about to get to that point. Like that said, though, like first I like I heard how do you know you like the other seasons? Up. Right, is the thing. I mean, I mean, like I meant if I were to like enjoy all of like the s second and third seasons, then yes, I would only recommend it as a whole. Because I mean, like if I only watched this on on its own, then I wouldn't recommend it honestly. But yeah, so you but you didn't watch it as a series you watched it on its own right so we want to know what you think joe after having watched the first season only right what is your stance would you based off of this first season that you've seen because you, you haven't seen the second season you haven't seen the third season you don't know whether it's good or bad right so from your viewpoint right now what is what is your recommendation for i'd only recommend the first season in order like just so that they can have the context for uh for later like if they want to watch it afterward do you want to watch a second season based off of what you've seen so far uh, yes that's i was gonna yeah exactly like i do want to watch the second season because the way it was described it seems like it fixes like some of the core issues that the first season had okay and i want i'm interested in seeing how that develops 
personally for me I, I would say I don't necessarily recommend this show to anyone unless you're watching this as oh, I don't want to insult the anime in such a bad way but I mean like I, unless you're watching this show as filler like like something going on in the background you're running on the treadmill or you're doing some mundane task or, or if you want to shut down your brain and watch something dumb like I feel like this is the kind of show that accommodates so that. it's Tagashi Kashi mm, this has more substance than the Gashi Kashi, in my opinion. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those kind of shows. I feel like season two does improve a lot what season one had, right? But I'll be honest with you, when originally watching it, I wasn't too excited for season two. And I felt that I didn't want to watch season two. I just felt like I was obliged to, to watch um, season two. I'm in the same boat. It's just that people are singing the praises of season two, right? They're like, oh my god, season two is is the best it's so great and stuff and you know best girl the series appears in season two and stuff right they're always hyping it up so i'm like you know what maybe i'll give it a shot but i'm not sure because just man they, well you, you really... also have to to think about it from the other point of view like as a cynic right it's like are they are they only hyping up season two because season one was as bad in comparison right do you see what i mean i i really wonder yeah that's a good point i really wonder how much of this can be attributed to you know the the sunk cost fallacy you know like oh fuck i've already invested you know four hours of my time into the first season i might as well finish it because there are people like that right who, who just fill who just finish shows because they've already invested so much yeah, time of into course it. and you've invested into somewhat of the character i just want to wrap this up I, I think this was a really good uh, episode. I think really nice discussion in terms of characters and story. And I, I think one thing for, for you guys to, to know is that I don't always suggest like the best anime for Kunai, right? We we suggest anime that what drives good discussion. I feel like today was a great discussion. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in uh, and listening to this episode. I just want to know what you guys thought. What do you think about this anime? Did you disagree? Did you agree with what we said? Who is your best girl and why? Tell us about it. Um, and yeah, you can share your thoughts on the podcast or you can give us feedback. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play and Stitcher. Alternatively, you can send us a message through our website, uh, getlifepodcast.com forward slash contact. Or you can chill out with us on our Discord server by checking out uh, www.getlifepodcast.com forward slash Discord. If you go on that link, it will, in, it will uh, invite you to the Discord server. Just want to end off with our twitter pages if you guys want to reach me as always my twitter is at get a life podcast kevin and mine is at tolvry t-o-l-v-r-a-i-e mine is at kibo gamer k-i-b-o-u-g-a-m-e-r and i'm just gonna pass this on to kevin for the next episode announcement so i'm actually really looking forward to this next episode because um it makes me feel like we can go back to the days of the devil as a part-timer because the next show that i'm suggesting is my i think my first um comedy suggestion in a while and that is good luck girl you may have heard of it under the name of binbu gamiga so look forward to that fans of nichiju and just you know good slapstick comedy I'm going to be into this. And there's a bit of an SYD for you. Oh, a tiny little bit. Kevin, you know, at first you kind of got me upset when you said Hataraku Mousama. I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. But you said SYD and I, I think thumbs it, up. this surpasses Mousama. You think so? Um, okay. But I thought I thought this was going to be like, oh, my God. Because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really like Mousama as much. But when you said SYD, yee. There's a bit of that. I, I won't, you know, I don't want to ruin your 
perception of it. But I hope you guys are excited, uh, as excited for the discussion as I am, because yeah, it's gonna be pretty hype. All right, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, we'll see you guys later. See you guys. Stay sexy. Cause it's been half an hour, man, since we were supposed to start. Meng. Meng. Sure, sure. Yeah, we can we can actually just skip over it because, goddamn, I I think that the only choice is like Elsie, really. There's, there's <laughs> because everyone else is so shit, right? Like, <laughs> and the mum, and the mum. Yeah, yeah. It's time to take a piss. And just because you mentioned Hag and I, William is shaking right now, listening to this. I'm the captain now. Ripping families apart. It's hilarious. No, I didn't know. Kevin, you are to my wife. Well, I know I'm going in the Photoshop after this recording and making some no, photo magic. No. Oh, dear God. Joe. No. I know you're no. the new director of fanfic. Joe. But this is Joe. too much, Joe. You can't be doing that. <laughs> Did you kick oh my Joe? God. I, I banished him. You sent me to the shame. corner of shame? Yeah, I sent you to the corner of shame. You deserved it. Don't much. lie. Um. <laughs> Mr. Kama, I don't feel so good. <laughs>